it's time to lock in. The most amazing, sensational, dramatic, exciting, thrilling finish. Live from Mobile, Sports Radio 105.5 WNSP presents 99 yards away. Win this game for one another. The final drive with Corey Labounty and Michael Bronner. Do your job and play together. The final drive. Live on 105.5 FM and streaming on the Sound of Mobile app. I cannot believe it! Welcome to day number three of the SEC Media Days. Coming to you live from the Grand Hyatt downtown Nashville. Corey Labounty, along with my producer Michael Bronner, joining you on the final drive and of course, you can correspond with us in the app. It's a free downloadable app, the Sound of Mobile. You can go ahead and click on it and then scroll down to WNSP to correspond with us. Of course, not only can you correspond with us on that free downloadable app to any Apple device or Android device that you may have, you can also go ahead and give us a call, 251-694-1055. And we want to thank Pat's Industrial Auto Supplies 2023 SEC Media Days presented by Greer's Markets and brought to you in part by Air of Excellent, Chavis Furniture, New Century Tires, and the attorneys at Hedge Copeland Law Firm. Michael Bronner, Alabama, the Crimson Tide, clank, went ahead and came in to downtown Nashville today, had a lot to say. We had a chance to talk with Nick Saban and the players as well, but they headlined along with Arkansas, Florida, and Kentucky. Clean sweep for WNSP on uh, getting all the Alabama people, so we love that. We'll get, you know, to certainly keep it tuned in throughout the show. We'll probably play those twice. Only got really pretty limited time with each Alabama players, as you can imagine. Pretty much everyone in this building wanted some time with J.C. Latham, Kool-Aid McKinstry, and Dallas Turner, but we did get a couple minutes with each of them, so definitely tune in for that. Uh, we'll play those a little bit later on. But yeah, Alabama Day, The uh, you could feel the buzz in the air. You know, our, our guy Nacho Alabama was, <laughs> was in the lobby get with his uh, with his Thor hammer getting ready. Uh, yeah, you can feel it today, man. It, there was definitely a a palpable buzz in the air. Yeah, I mean, it's great the fact that you have an opportunity to, to sit down and you talk with these players and you talk with these head coaches. As again, over 1,500 credentialed media here at SEC Media Days at the Grand Hyatt in downtown Nashville. And Nick Saban takes the podium today, and you knew that he was going to be asked about the five quarterbacks in his room and he said look three guys are competing for the starting quarterback position no one has separated themselves and he said the cake needs to be baked before making a decision and what coach Saban meant by that he did say carrot cake was his favorite cake but when you put in ingredients like in baking a cake Coach Saban is continuing to develop the recipe to find out who is the best and how it's going to turn out for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Yeah, I suppose if there's one thing that was quote-unquote noteworthy, not that we didn't already know it, you know, he did say three quarterbacks are competing, not five quarterbacks are competing. So those of you that were hoping Eli Holstein or Dylan Lonergan is going to be starting week one, I, you know, I'm, I'm sorry to say it probably isn't going to happen. I will say 
you know, unless he said it on SEC Network. He didn't say by name. Jalen Milrow, Ty Simpson, and Tyler Buckner are the three that are competing. I mean, we can pretty safely assume that those are the three that are competing. But, yeah, I mean, what, what have we talked about all week? It's like depending on depending on what day it is, depending on what time it is, depending on if the sun is shining or not, the answer is different for who's going to be the starting quarterback for Alabama. I think when uh, Stephen, uh, Corey, and I talked about this on Monday, I think all three of us gave a different answer. Root, Root predicted Buckner, you predicted Milrow, I predicted Simpson. I think I am still going to stick with Ty Simpson for now. I reserve the right to change that next week, as, as again, it changes by the day. But, yeah, I think, uh, I think Nick Saban, I, well, we knew he wasn't going to come here and name a starting quarterback. If there, it's, it would be very unsaban-like to do that. And uh, it truly, it, it's not like it's a situation where he's withholding information from from the media. Heck, if there was a starting quarterback, he'd tell us. There, there just isn't right now. There, there it is a situation where there's three guys who are competing, three guys who, and it's unfortunate if you're an Alabama fan too, because. You know, if there was a starting quarterback named, that would mean that one is better than the other two, and it's just not the case right now. There are three guys, and they're about even right now, and it is what it is. got to let that cake bake and let all three guys develop. I thought it was one of the more interesting things he said in the big room also when when, uh, pressed about the quarterback issue. You know, he brought up the fact that it's not just one guy that has to develop. It's the whole room. Like, take, for example, when Bryce Young got hurt against Arkansas. I mean, the backup quarterback's got to be ready to go, too. Jalen Milrow, let's face it, he was not ready to go last year. I mean, the second half, they were up 28 nothing against Arkansas. They almost lost that game. Yes, they pull away in the fourth quarter due to a long Jameer Gibbs touchdown and a long uh, Jalen Milrow rushing touchdown. So it ended up being a bit bit more of a final score blowout than it really was. I think they covered the spread in that game. Uh, but then against Texas A&M the next week at home in a game that I mean, Texas A&M was bad last year. That was a 5-7 and seven team. And Alabama came down to the last play. I mean, they very nearly lost that game in a large part due to the fact that Jalen Milrow, and again, it's no like it's an impossible situation nah. that he was thrown into. It, I'm not really it, criticizing it him. It was. But, like to step into the shoes of Bryce Young in the middle of the season. But that being but said that, That's it, part of the process, Michael as far as next man up. Sure. That's what Nick Saban has been able to do because you look at what happened in the national semifinal game when you had guys go down to, to wide receiver injuries, and that's kind of a key to where Nick Saban has harped on that. You, you, if you have three guys that are ready and are prepared, you don't. if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. And I think that if that's the way you attack it as a second or third string quarterback, for Alabama, that's what's going to ultimately get them to a national championship because you are a Bryce Young injury away from taking a loss. And Alabama, you know, they have visions of of going undefeated, but right now all SEC teams are undefeated. And Coach Saban, even even Vanderbilt, even Vanderbilt, he went on to say, I'm not here to create expectations for our team. A lot of people would do that, meaning that's our job. Exactly. Saban um, said he's more process oriented and he's been more process oriented since he began his journey as the head coach at Alabama. It's been part of the process. That's what's made the process. So as Mark there, Stoops walks it, by it here, is. Mark Stoops comes through the lobby, and uh, that's what you see here at SEC Media Days. But Coach Saban, you, you very rarely in his tenure as head football coach at Alabama, 
you may see him on the lake to go and enjoy time, but it's very rare that you have an opportunity to celebrate your 50th wedding anniversary. And <laughs> this is one of the highlights Terry, of the day. Exactly. When you have an opportunity to celebrate your 50th wedding anniversary the way that he and Miss Terry were able to do, that's one of the reasons he found an opportunity to go to Italy this summer, and he said he got drowned with roll tide. A lot of roll tides did come into the building for Alabama, and I think that's what makes it so very impressive. And because of that, I know Coach Saban, you know, he knows that Alabama is on the global scale. And he made mention to that, that Alabama has become a worldwide brand. And he said that on his trip, he said that after his return trip, so that's very important for Alabama continuing to grow. And he also made mention about the NFL draft. You cannot not have recruits to see, yes, we did put the number one overall draft pick out there. Yes, we did put the number three overall draft pick in Will Anderson Jr. Recruits see that. They pay attention. Yeah, so it was quite, with the Italy trip, it, w it was very funny. He said, uh, you know, Miss Terry and him have been married for nearly 52 years now, and it was a gift for their 50th we at wedding anniversary from some friends. And he said, uh, in the big room, he said, well, I, I've been able to avoid it and put it off for two years. And then finally this summer, had to had to finally just uh, just go and do it, even though I didn't want to be away from the program for 10 days. And uh, but he enjoyed his time, and he loved it, and he highly recommended it. So, yeah, he definitely got roll tided all along the way in Italy. He said something. He said something along the lines of. I think the exact quote was, yeah, we toured the Ferrari factory. And he did. He, he said, these cats don't even speak English, <laughs> and, and they're still saying roll tide. Well, the relationship that's going to be created in the Iron Bowl as well between Hugh Freeze, Hugh Freeze yeah. and himself, he says, look, he does have tremendous respect for Hugh Freeze and that he's a, a great recruiter. So that part is outstanding to know that the Iron Bowl is a situation to where you are going to have two friends that are facing one another. And Hugh Freeze made mention of it yesterday in his press conference. Look, you know, I have tremendous respect for Nick Saban and the Alabama program and what he's been able to do. And he understands what the rivalry looks like between Alabama and Auburn as well. And I, look, I think that going down to the Iron Bowl that is – at Jordan-Hare Stadium this year, it's one of those that regardless of what Auburn's record is going into the Iron Bowl, the juice and the atmosphere that is created in that type of matchup, it's not going to be easy for Alabama to win. Oh, it never is, especially in Voodoo Magic Jordan-Hare Stadium. Uh, you know, take uh, take Brian Harson's first year, for example. I think Alabama was favored by, who, 22 points or something like that, which was ridiculous in hindsight, uh, even in foresight as well. That was one of the easier uh, Auburn predictions in, in that game. But, you know, that's a game Auburn should have won. And you, you have an Iron Bowl that's at Auburn. You can never go in. It doesn't. Auburn could be 0-11. It, Alabama could be 11-0. It, it doesn't matter. I mean, it, it is the biggest game of the year, and for good reason. Uh, you hope that. Hugh Freeze puts Auburn back in a position that that game means a lot in the context of he, it's funny because Saban did say the SEC West whereas like by the time that 
all, Hugh Freeze has Auburn in a spot where the Iron Bowl is a huge game again. While there's the SEC West isn't really going to exist anymore, is it? But who knows? Maybe one day we could have a uh, Iron Bowl followed by a back-to-back Auburn Alabama SEC championship two weeks in a row. Because remember, we're going to divisionless football. It's going to be the two best teams in the conference. Yes, there's a uh, there's a team out in Athens that's probably going to have something to say about that for the next decade plus. But that being said, anything is possible now in this divisionless format that we have coming in 2024. Also, Coach Saban, as he took the podium, the addition of Texas and Oklahoma coming to the SEC, he was asked about, and he just said, look, the map of the SEC is stronger than ever, and you, you can't help but to understand and to know that, and with upcoming SEC member in 2024 Texas facing the Alabama Crimson Tide this season at Brian Denny Stadium. I think there's going to be a lot of fun involved in regards to recruiting bragging rights. Of course, Alabama goes and defeats Texas last year, but Coach Saban clearly does not like to reflect on how good or how bad a previous season has been to him. He likes to focus on the here and now and the players that are gone, he wishes them the best and would do anything to help them, but he's more concerned about 2023 rather than 2024. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. The expectations was, was a big topic today, and I don't think Nick Saban ever expects his team to compete for a national. We do, obviously, as members of the media, and everyone in this room expects Nick Saban in Alabama to compete for a national championship and has for the last 15 years. That's the standard that Nick Saban has established. But, you know, Nick Saban is, is in that locker room selling the narrative that, listen, like, the past years don't mean anything. And again, the past, the past last year especially, you know, obviously they didn't make the college football playoffs, so they need to get back to that standard. But... The fact that they've won a lot in the past, that doesn't earn you anything in the future. So it's about establishing that standard every day. And Kirby Smart kind of echoed a similar sentiment yesterday. It's like better every day, better every day. How do we get better every day? You know, how do we eliminate complacency from the program? How do we, you know, eliminate outside distractions? How, you know, it kind of goes back to that, that term of rat poison. You know, the, everyone thinks you're so good. Well, you lose a game. I, uh, I told you guys you weren't that good. It's it's about the process for Nick Saban. Everything's about the process, and the process, along with his players that were able to join him today, J.C. Latham, Kool-Aid McKinstry, and Dallas Turner. And I know that when you look at name, image, and likeness and what is able to be gained, I'll tell you what, you already have players before name, image, and likeness was established and them being able to go ahead and be suited and booted for SEC Media Days. Kool-Aid McKinstry came with the fire in regards to his nice necklace that had an official Kool-Aid man sitting on top of it with his you number know one. I, you know I asked him about it. It was a sweet deal, and I know you'll hear. He had a Nate Oates-type jacket on, too. Yeah, Kool-Aid I mean, was dripped out. Hey, hey listen, he, he was definitely swagged out. And I know, you know, Dallas Turner, being from the state of Florida, coming in to Nick Saban's program, you know, why would you leave the state of Florida to join the Alabama Crimson Tide? I think it's the vision, and we've heard a lot of people talk about the vision that Nick Saban sat down and asked them about when they were being recruited, and Dallas Turner asked about, has the vision come to that as well? And I know for a fact they have. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, we'll have the opportunity probably on the other side of this break to hear from all the Alabama players that we got the opportunity to interview today. So keep it tuned in on the other side for sure. Here we are here, downtown Nashville, 2023 SEC Media Days. We want to thank Pat's Industrial Auto Supplies, 2023 SEC Media Days, presented by Greer's Markets and brought to you in part by Eagle Dent Repair, McConnell Buick GMC, Ken Morgan Allstate Agent, and Ward International Trucks. We'll hear from the Crimson Tide players that took the podium on the other side of this break here on the final drive on WNSP 105.5. Hi, this is Luis Gonzalez, former South Alabama Jaguar and Major League player. You're listening to WNSP Mobile. Welcome back to the final drive here on WNSP 105.5. Corey Lavoni, along with my producer, Michael Bronner, coming to you live from Radio Road at the Grand Hyatt downtown Nashville. Of course, Nick Stadium. Nick Saban took the podium earlier today along with his players, and we had an opportunity to talk with the players and Nick Saban to hear what he had to say about this 2023 Crimson Tide team. Coach Saban, it's been a long summer for you. I know you had a brief opportunity to enjoy vacation with Miss Terry Saban. And when you came back from that, I know that the quarterback room has continued to be talked about. And we would love to hear your thoughts about that. You know, everybody knows we went to Italy. It was for our 50th wedding anniversary, which was really in the past. But I kept getting out of going because I didn't really want to go and take 10 days to not be around. But it was a great trip. And I would recommend that anybody go. And Florence is fantastic. Rome is fantastic. The Amalfi Coast is fantastic. And we got roll tided everywhere we went. So if you think you're going to be incognito over there, that's not happening. So uh, and the second part is, you know, we need for all of our quarterbacks to develop on our team. Uh, I don't think anybody has separated themselves to this point, even though I see improvement in each and every guy in terms of how well they're doing and how they're developing. But we need that on our team. We don't just need a starter. We need a backup. We need, you know, good players at that position. Uh, just like Jalen Milrow had the opportunity to play last year, we needed him to be ready in the Arkansas game and the A&M game. So um, when somebody separates themselves and nobody knows for sure when that is and I can't establish a timetable to say on this date we're going to say this is the starting quarterback. It's going to happen when it happens and that's the way it'll be. So most players have a go-to song or artist that kind of get them locked into the game. I'm curious what is on a Nick Saban pre-game uh, hype playlist for you? I don't understand this question. What's like your go-to music choice? What are you listening to? Well, you know, we, we, we don't, I don't really listen to music before the game. Um, you know, we always play Gimme Shelter going home, you know, after the game. But I don't listen to music before the game. I'm kind of thinking about, you know, have we covered everything we need to cover? Players ready to go? Um, and trying to anticipate what might be a problem in the game at some point. So um, 
I mean, if you walk around a locker room, you can get entertained quite a bit because most people are listening to music, which I think is a way the players are trying to relax, you know, a little bit and um, curb their anxiety. And I think that's a good thing, but I just never did that. We got a chance to see a different side of you this summer with the virtual reality game. I know you like to dominate your opponent on the field. Did you dominate the virtual reality opponent? And what game were you playing in that virtual reality? You know, I, I don't know. You have to explain it to me because I didn't see it. So what? what, what? When, when you were punching with the, with the glasses on, uh, the virtual reality game, to where when you're taking on your opponent and you see them, in the video game and you're kind of punching a little bit, almost like a little dance your daughter was recording. Yeah, well, I thought I was horrible. I couldn't land a punch, but you could get punched. So that's the only time I've ever done that. And it was a good experience. I can't really give myself a very good grade of how well I performed doing it. <laughs> Appreciate that, Coach. Thanks a lot. 2023 SEC Media Days, starting right tackle for the Alabama Crimson Tide. J.C. Latham joining us. J.C., your expectations for this season and how you played through last season's 13 games. Um, my expectations for the season, Joe Moore, Outland, National Championship, undefeated. Uh, I'm not lowering the bar. I'm not lowering the standard. I know we got a great group of guys here. I know we can get it done. We could have got it done in the previous years, but um, understanding what we had last year and what we had the year before that, we had enough. So. JC, Alabama's prided itself on offensive line play for a long time now. How do you guys get back to, you know, being mean up front and being able to dominate from the offensive line standpoint? Uh, first is understanding that it's a mentality. You got to hit somebody in the face over and over and over and over and over again. Understanding that that's what it's going to take to be physical, to be ruthless, to be feared in this conference, especially. This is the most physical conference, the best conference in the country. So just to understand that this is what we want to be. We know what we got to do every single day. Wake up, attack the workout, attack practice, film, all that stuff, nutrition, um, mobility, everything we got to do to make sure um, that we're ready to go and we're going to hit somebody in the face. J.C. Latham, future Outland Trophy winner, speaking with us here on the final drive. Thank you. SEC Media Days 2023. We're here with Alabama corner Kool-Aid McKinstry. Kool-Aid, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. And you? I'm doing well. Appreciate you taking some time with us. So here in Nashville, what's your first SEC Media Days experience been like so far? Um, it's been a, such an honor to be here, you know. I know it, it's a, it means a lot to coach, so me being here is a very good honor. We appreciate you being here. So, obviously, last season, you know, the defense had an up-and-down year. You guys are trying to get back to that standard of Alabama football. How do you go about establishing that? Well, first, we had we made a lot of mistakes last year, so we had to own up to those mistakes so we can learn from them and make sure that they don't happen again so we can get back to the Alabama standard. Absolutely. Talking about Caleb Downs' freshman safety, what have you seen from him so far? How, how you know, how what, what can fans expect to see from him this season? Um, I feel like Caleb is a good player. Um, he, he put a lot of effort into doing extra things like meeting with the coach, Esther, and also working on his body and eating the right things. So I feel like Caleb is a good player. Now, Kool-Aid, I got to say, I mean, you are the best-dressed person I've seen this week, man. I know you. there was talk when you came into school about possibly playing basketball. Did you get some inspiration from Nate Oates with this jacket? Um, yeah, Coach, Coach O's do dress well. I have realized that every game he dressed well, suit and tie. So, yeah, he probably like this fit. What's been the most interesting question you've been asked so far? Probably about my name, more about my name. Well, I got to ask you, what's your favorite flavor of Kool-Aid? Uh, pink lemonade and black cherry. Pink lemonade and black cherry. All right, so what are your goals for the future? Obviously, next season, you know, hope, hopefully NFL in the future. 
Um, right now, just focus on this team and getting done what we can get done and making this team better. I'm not really focused on the goal. I'm really focused on the identity of this team and getting to week one. Plan for Nick Saban, obviously, he was a former DB himself. It's probably the group he's most hands-on. How much does that benefit you as a player? Um, it's good having Coach Saban in the room every day telling me what I'm doing well and what I'm doing what I'm doing bad on so I can learn from the GOAT because I know he know it the, the best. Cool, Ed. Thank you so much for your time, man. All right, thank you. 2023 SEC Media Days here with Dallas Turner. Dallas Turner checking out the Jays, man. What you think about my Jays? I love man. I like them with them is uh, the, the graduation 11s. Yeah, 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 yeah. The little patent leather 11s I had to rock with you, my brother. But I'm not as clean as you are in this nice suit, man. You're a little bit iced out, but no, really. We'll talk about the Alabama defense. Talk about the expectations coming into this season. I mean, you know, the expectations is, you know, just play fast, physical. And play aggressive and also be on the same page for the defense, you know. But we also go one. And, we, we also trying to go one and zero as a team, you know. Take take it week by week. When you look at the expectations of Alabama and the standard that needs to be set, your personal standards on top of team standards, do they differ at all? Uh, no, not really. You know, I, I, like my like my main standard is just be the best teammate possible. You know, trying to better my teammates and uh, you know just be there for them on and off the field. So. What's the best part about you playing for the Alabama Crimson Tide personally? Uh, having a resource like Nick Saban, you know, and just being around greatness all the time, you know. Uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of good guys everywhere, every position. So even, like, the, the backups to the backups are going to be good. So, you know, it's, you just, you're around a lot of good guys that have the same common goal as you, you know, just have the same type of, you know, monster as you. Your own personal growth since you've been at Alabama, how have you gotten better personally and professionally? I mean, I feel like... More importantly, I feel like I matured a lot more at the University of Alabama, you know, matured a lot faster, you know, playing as a freshman, you know, I had to mature faster. But, you know, uh, you know, I, I feel like I better myself as a man, more importantly, than better myself as a football player, you know, because, you know, football don't last forever. So, you know, I feel like I learned a lot of life skills from coaches and a lot of people here at the University of Alabama. Dallas Turner, starting linebacker for the Crimson Tide, joining us at SEC Media Days. There it is. You hear from Nick Saban, Dallas Turner, J.C. Latham, and Kool-Aid McKinstry all with the Crimson Tide making their way through today. The Grand Hyatt downtown Nashville, SEC Media Days 2023, Pat's Industrial Auto Supplies 2023 SEC Media Days presented by Greer's Markets and brought to you in part by Dixie Supply, Keesler Federal Credit Union, and the Cart Doctor. On the other side of this break, T-Bob Hebert will be joining us here live from Radio Row. You're listening to WNSP 105.5 in the final drive. Hi, this is Juan Pierre, former South Alabama Jaguar, former MLB player, and you're listening to WNSP. along with my producer, Michael Brauner, joining you from Radio Row here at the Grand Hyatt in downtown Nashville, SEC Media Days 2023. Of course, Pat's Industrial Auto Supplies, SEC Media Days 2023, presented by Greer's Markets and brought to you in part by the Cart Doctor and Green and Phillips Injury Law Firm. And when you come to SEC Media Days, you always, you never know who you're going to see. It's really a who's who. And 
you never know at what time you're going to be able to get them scheduled, but Lee Shervanian, our old Grand Wizard, yeah. master, you know, you talk to you talk to Lee. Okay, Grand Wizard, potentially problematic. Yeah. <laughs> I, get, I, get it. I get it. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Like, yes, he is the, he is the Gandalf. He is the wise old man. I think, I think maybe take the Grand out of there. And, yeah. That's a better way. That is a better way. And, and Lee will probably, he'll laugh at that too. But, uh, it'll have to give me a hard way to go on that one. Oh, but, my. Oh, that's a heck of a start. That is so good, dude. You're, you're no stranger to WNSP. No, I love y'all guys. Dude. I love going on with Lee and Mark for sure. In the afternoon time, your first time here on the final drive. Yeah, man. So, so let our listeners know maybe a different audience what you're all about and where you come from and, and what's your background. Hell yeah, no, okay. So, uh, so I my so I host the morning show for. Uh, it's out of Baton Rouge, but it's, it's throughout Louisiana, off the bench. It's me and Jacob Hester. That's uh, mainly, you know, LSU, Saints, Pelicans, just all that kind of stuff. And then um, I host a daily, uh, four days a week, college football podcast with Aaron Murray. And that's under the uh, the volumes umbrella. So that's Colin Cowherd's podcast company. So that's a lot of fun. Um, you check out both. I think, though, like for your listeners, I'm guessing they don't want to listen to a lot of LSU talk. So I would, I would maybe say the podcast Snaps. That's what it's called. That That's for them. YouTube.com slash at volume snaps. Or if you just Google Snaps podcast, I, I mean, you'd be, you can find you'd it. You'd be surprised. Mobile, Mobile has a good bit of Tiger fans. I mean, it's about three hours from Baton Rouge. It's, I mean, it's, that's true. it's that's closer true. to Baton Rouge than it is to Tuscaloosa, frankly. Oh, is that, is that right? I, I actually by, don't by, know. By about 30 minutes, oh, roughly. Wow. Just okay, about 30 dude. minutes. So there you go. So, okay, well, then you can find that at YouTube.com slash 1045 uh, ESPN. We're on 7 to 10. But, no, man, I, I played at LSU a while ago now, like 07 to 11. Um, my old man used to play quarterback for the Saints and Falcons, Bobby Bear, And so, uh, yeah, I've kind of spent my life in uh, in football. Well, you know, that's the greatest part about this. I know that when you've seen SEC Media Days grow, of course, next year we'll have Oklahoma and Texas joining the SEC. And we'll be in Dallas. I, I don't know if you had an opportunity to be in Atlanta a year ago. Yeah, yeah. So, so if you can compare Michael Braun and I, this is our first time being oh, nice. in SEC Media Days, our first year ever. So when you look at comparing Nashville to Atlanta to Hoover or Birmingham, how, how would you differentiate the number or how it the outlaying area just I think I know yeah so I think I think there's a uh, I I think that with with Hoover um it was it was all right, you know. It's it's uh, well, it's, it's it's funny because I had some of my best memories going to the Hoover one. I mean, going to sing karaoke at Gabriel's on Wednesday was always super fun. Like, yeah, it was. It's I mean, it's always fun seeing your friends, right? And that's what a lot of this is: is seeing people you normally don't, or meeting new people, making new friends, et cetera, et cetera. So Hoover's all right, but it's hard to say that. It's as cool as being a hundred yards away from Broadway and all the, you know, and live music coming out of every nook and cranny. Like even Atlanta last year was nice, but uh, Atlanta still is kind of a spread out city. So when it came to kind of the nightlife type deal, kind of going out, eating, drinking, whatever, um, it, it was like you know it took a little bit of logistical uh, acumen. Where here, man, it's like. You just walk, and this is my first time in Nashville, so I'm already excited because I love going to new places. But I mean, you just go walk out of the street here, bro. This, this city is overflowing with fun, with drinks, dancing. I mean, I, w- I, was, I went shopping for a cowboy hat, and uh, and.
and we I, saw you in I, it yesterday. Yeah, oh hell yeah, bro. I've been. I've, I told my son I was gonna wear it the entire time. I've not lied, but. Um, but I went into this like boutique type deal, right? And and it was like it's a nice shop. Nobody's in there, and there's this old man, and he's singing, and he has like one of the best voices I've ever heard. And that's when I knew, okay, it's true what they say about Nashville. There's just there's just talent, musical talent, just everywhere, overflowing. And I, you know, I I lived in New Orleans for a while, so I uh, I vibe with that. I like that quite a bit. Football talent abound. At LSU, you're yeah. talking about musical talent. Brian Kelly comes in year number one and wins the SEC West. I, I know Death Valley has been loud on several occasions, <laughs> and you've been a part of hearing that and feeling that and seeing that. Was that one of the loudest environments you've heard Death Valley last year when Alabama goes down? Oh, absolutely. I mean, no question. It, 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 it's funny, man. Um, it's tough to... LSU, it doesn't even. I mean, it's 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 tough to sell out a hundred thousand. Ever since LSU went to a hundred thousand, it's normally there's like some seats left to the very top where guys are going. So you maybe get like two to three games a year where it's just really peak Death Valley insanity psychopath, and that was one of those games, but even more so because it was Alabama, because of the history, because it came down to an overtime two-point conversion. Like, many of the people that were there that night were likely there a decade ago for the T.J. Yeldon screen pass when the opposite happened, right? You thought you were going to get your revenge, and then all of a sudden you have your hearts absolutely ripped out. So so it was this kind of massive release. Um, and, and for LSU fans, look, man, after about a decade of just getting your ass kicked, now it's uh, it's two and two in the last four, right? So yeah. like, so you're kind of like you're kind of like, okay, okay, we're we're starting to claw back into this thing a little bit. It was my uh, it was my first Death Valley experience, so I left I left Tiger Stadium <laughs> o, o and one from a fan perspective. It, it, yeah. it, it was a tough night, man. And, you know, Baton Rouge, Baton Rouge is a little bit different than uh, than most places. I I'd have a better taste in my mouth about Baton Rouge had that two two-point conversion not been converted. I would have said, like, man, this place is really nice. Whereas, you know, the next morning, you know, I, I, it was a it was a long night, I'll say that. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I just said, all right, I'm ready to get out of here and never come back. <laughs> oh, man, I would have loved, uh, I love seeing sad Alabama fans. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I, I was I, one I of them. I love seeing sad Alabama fans. I like seeing sad any other team fans, <laughs> but again, it's like more so when it comes to Alabama. You understand. Of course. Alabama, my senior year, uh, I was I was I was on that uh, the twenty one nothing national championship yeah. team. That was my last game. So um, I basically feel like I spent my entire life climbing up this mountain, and then right when I reached the summit, right when I was about to crest the ridge, Nick Saban walked over and kicked me in the chest and just kicked me off the mountain and and blew up everything. So I will always always hate the time were you at the uh the burrow game at brian denny in 2019 uh no no i couldn't go man i i we, we do it like an immediate it's actually very fun we do like an immediate post game show from the bar and um from this bar where like it's it's only on youtube so there's no fcc restrictions and the whole shtick is uh and we don't have to worry about doing like network post games so like Right when the clock hits zero, we go live on YouTube, and the whole shtick is we're drunk and smoking cigars. <laughs> and I'm so, sure on uh, that. I'm sure on that night too. <laughs> it's very fun. Oh, actually, you know what? Now that I'm being dumb, in 2019 I wasn't doing that yet, and that's one of my most positive, probably life memories ever. 
where we were we were watching it. Me and all you know all the dads in the neighborhood had gotten together. All the families had. Everybody's watching the backyard. Everybody's taking Jello shots every time it's like a turnover, a touchdown. Kids are running around, jambalaya, gumbo, everything, and. And, and that game, man, when LSU won, because that was when, what, it had been about eight times in a row, I think, at that point, bro. That was, that was a low moment. When LSU won that game, you could feel a swell of energy in the air. Like, car horns were honking, people are yelling. It was, you could feel the entire state just kind of uh, exhale and, and, and celebrate. That was, that was one of, the, like, my favorite memories of, like I said, my entire life. It just shows that, like, you know, the, the community that sports creates and, and how, how cool it can be. Well, so you bring up two and two over the last four. I mean, LSU and Alabama, it's it's the rivalry of the West. I mean, for a long time, it was Alabama and Auburn. Obviously, Auburn would have your occasional down year, yeah. but it's Alabama and Auburn or the Titans of the West for a long time. We'll see what Hugh Freeze ends up doing, but you know, Brian Kelly is not going away. He wins the SEC West in year one, and LSU is a program. I mean, but I tell you what, you ask most people here, the prediction is LSU to win the SEC West. So how do you see it as, you know, five years down the line? You know, Ooh. where's LSU? Where's LSU going to be? Where's Alabama going to be? Well, look, as long as Alabama has Nick Saban, they're not going anywhere, right? So, and I'm not going to put a timeline on Nick Saban retiring. So, um, Alabama will be as championship relevant as any team every single year. I do believe under Brian Kelly, LSU has the potential to get there. Make no mistake, Brian Kelly is the best coach that LSU has had since um, Nick Saban. He, he, I mean, I was thinking about today, he, he's actually the greatest coach of all time without a ring, right? I mean, you're talking about the winningest active coach in college football. He's won at every level that he's been at. Um, and, and watching him take over an LSU team that had 39 scholarship players, six and seven, lost the Texas Bowl to, uh, to Kansas State, and then to take that team in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in an offseason to, to transform it and to with like you know elmer's glue and popsicle sticks to manage to go 10 and 4 and it wasn't perfect you got your ass kicked by a&m yeah tennessee whooped you right but you still managed to go 10 and 4 you managed to win the west i just i, I lsu fans are over the moon with uh, brian kelly right now about two minutes left here with t bob Abair, our guest here on the final drive coming to you live from radio row of course, back-to-back national championships have gone through Georgia. Do you expect anything different from Kirby Smart and the Bulldogs? Yeah, look, I don't think Georgia's winning a third natty. Um, I, I, I think that I think it's incredibly hard to win a national championship, and I think that Georgia fans are taking for granted a bit Stetson Bennett and uh, Todd Munkin and what they meant to that team. Georgia's going to roll through their regular season schedule. They're going to dominate. They're going to put up incredible numbers. But my question is, like, is we don't know. Are Carson Beck and Mike Bobo, like, do they win that Ohio State game last year? Because Stetson Bennett was MVP of both playoff games, played in both national championships. He played it. Like, that dude was a dog when it mattered most. And we can't say that about Beck. Now, now Aaron Murray, co-host on Snaps, he loves Carson Beck, thinks he's going to be awesome, potential Heisman guy even maybe so. And he'll put up the numbers. Like, he will have great numbers. But the problem is Georgia's going to be relatively untested come playoff time. Like, no, they, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe Tennessee gives them a fist fight. But, like, they, they, Georgia's not going to know how they respond to getting punched in the mouth until they know. Um, so I get why everybody's choosing them. and, and why, but, but also, here's the other thing. We've just never seen a team win three natties in a row. And if, 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 if it hasn't happened, there's a reason for that. And it's because even the most 
you know, e even the most concrete things can go awry when you're talking about being the lone team standing. Like, it shouldn't be a hot take. Right? Mathematically, the field should win over any team. Like, if it's just one team. But that's how good Georgia is that it feels like a hot take to say they're not going to win the Natty. T-Bob, baby, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy day. Love the Star Wars. Hell yeah, right dude. Now, you brother. see it, you dude. Know what I mean? The, the OT. Original trivia. Let's go, dude. I, I, I love it. And the Cowboy had only rocking it like T-Bob Bear can do the one and only. T-Bob Bear joining us this afternoon on the final drive. And we want to thank everyone for tuning in to Pat's Industrial Auto Supplies 2023 SEC Media Days presented by Greer's Markets and brought to you in part by Arab of excellence, Chavis Furniture, New Century Tires, and the attorneys at Hedge Copeland Law Firm. We'll be right back after this break to put a wrap on our number one of the final drive. This is George Pada, bench coach of the Houston Astros, and you're listening to WNFT. downtown Nashville again want to thank everyone for tuning in of course you can download that free sound of mobile app and you wanted to have a little dialogue in the app be able to correspond with people like T-Bob Bear that just finished joining us of course T-Bob Bear, one of the voices or former players of LSU one of the voices of ESPN radio as well and at 430 Bill Hancock, the executive director of the college football playoffs, will be joining us. And, Michael, I know that throughout today, especially the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, had some breaking news in regards to someone that we had on our show as an investigative reporter. Oh, boy. And I, I thought that that was pretty a pretty interesting situation that someone we had on our show that was an investigate was an investigative Oof. reporter Alan Judd we gave him an opportunity to to speak on what reports he had and what he had against the Georgia Bulldogs football team but he's no longer employed by AJC yeah so Georgia demanded an apology from the AJC and demanded retractions and it's I don't know if they put the squeeze on the AJC like we're not going to give you any access unless this reporter goes or if it was that type of situation and like you know, you never wish for anyone to, to lose their job and their livelihood and, and, and all. Well, Georgia fans might, but, uh, you know, I I don't have that personal bias attached to it. But, you know, we we, we read the, the Dogs Daily story as well as compared to the agent. I mean, there was some erroneous reporting in that or rather some things left out. It was a misleading headline. It, it wasn't, you know, truth be told, it just wasn't good journalism. Uh, it was dishonest. And so I, I ultimately they do part ways with Alan Judd and, you know, wish him the best. Hope, hope it works out for him. He gave us the time to hop on our show. Uh, so, you know, hope it hope it works out for him. But, yeah, ultimately the Atlanta Journal-Constitution decides, uh, decides to let him go. This wasn't just about speeding. This was about the Georgia football program accused of abusing women as well as being accused of sexual assault so that really cost Alan Judd his job with the AJC and moving forward we'll see exactly what kind of relationship Georgia along with the AJC continue to have 
You're listening to the final drive here on WNSP 105.5. Pat's Industrial Auto Supplies 2023 SEC Media Days presented by Greer's Markets and brought to you in part by Dixie Supply, Keesler Federal Credit Union, The Card Doctor, and Green and Phillips Injury Law Firm. If you missed the interviews with the Alabama players along with hearing from head coach Nick Saban, you'll be able to hear that again in the 5 o'clock hour. But the final drive here live from downtown Nashville will be right back. From Mobile, Sports Radio 105.5 WNSP presents 99 yards away. Win this game for one another. The final drive with Corey Labounty and Michael Bronner. Do your job and play together. The final drive. Live on 105.5 FM and streaming on the Sound of Mobile app. I cannot believe it. two of the final drive coming to you live from Radio Row here at the Grand Hyatt downtown Nashville. Again, Corey LeBounty along with my producer Michael Bronner joining you on this Wednesday afternoon. Pat's Industrial Auto Supplies SEC Media Days 2023 presented by Greer's Markets and brought to you in part by Air of Excellence. Chavis Furniture, New Century Tires, and the attorneys at Hedge Copeland Law Firm. And, of course, Arkansas, the Razorbacks take the podium, and head coach Sam Pittman is one of the most laid-back type of head coaches in the entire SEC. And, you know, Coach Pittman brought three players with him, one of those players being Raheem Sanders. They call him the Rocket. And he's definitely a difference maker for this Arkansas Razorbacks program. And we had an opportunity to catch up with the Rocket earlier today. So now we'll hear from Raheem, the Rocket Sanders, running back for the Arkansas Razorbacks. 2023 SEC Media Days coming to you from downtown Nashville. We're going to go ahead and introduce our next guest. So let our next guest, better yet, you can only introduce yourself in one way. Go ahead and give us that flash. Uh, it's Rocket Sanders, man. Rocket Sanders for the Arkansas Razorbacks. Now, there has to be a reason that they call you the Rocket. Talk to us about that. Um, man, it was actually when I first got the nickname was when I was in uh, Lily, you know, made the first touchdown or whatnot. And the team's called Rocket as well. But, yeah, he made that because nobody couldn't touch me on the outside zone. <laughs> so, yeah, that's how I got the name. I'll ask you based on that. I like asking guys when they knew they were that guy. How old were you when you thought you may have a shot to be the player you are now with the possible future you might have? 
Yeah, see, I, I wasn't thinking about college or anything like that because I stopped and started playing basketball. Um, but uh, really with, with that, uh, when I, I realized when it, whenever I got my name. We look around right now with the running back position, maybe things going on in the NFL, some of the biggest names in the NFL having contract issues. But, I mean, the running back position is so important to the game of football. What does the position of running back mean to you? Um, it means a lot, man. Just transferring over from receiver, I feel like every position it means a lot, you know what I mean? But I feel like just throwing it, their body in there and a lot, you know what I mean? But I really just like I always telling the other people um, that interviewed me, um, I just want to say, you know, I feel like they do, sh they should get paid more. But, you know, I'm not really worried about that. I'm in the front of me right now, and that's college right now, so I ain't worried about that. But, you know. Rocket, Coach Pittman has completely turned around the program, obviously. I mean, he seems like, just from the outside looking in, he seems like one of the most fun guys to ever play for. Talk to us a little bit about his coaching style and just how much fun it is to play for him. I feel like he's not hes not like a serious, like, yelling guy, and that's why I feel like that's what it's all about. But he's always joking. But you know when he's serious, you know what I mean? But um, I feel like he's... He's a great guy, man, and just another thing, like I always say about him, is um, he always asks about the family because I know he got a lot of guys on the team, you know, a lot of people outside of here, but um, he always makes sure we straight family-wise. K.J. Jefferson playing the quarterback position. Talk to us about his leadership, his growth, and what he means to your team as well. I'll say with um, his leadership, it got screamingly like high, very high, man. Um, his leadership just... It's different, man. It changed because I've been with him with two years going on three. And um, he taught he taught me some things in the backfield and just telling me just be comfortable with it, you know what I mean, and just be patient. And um, I believe in him. And um, he have him back. I'm glad to have him back again, you know what I mean. And um, I feel like every day he's getting better, not even just in the weight room, but being a leader. Which running backs do you like to watch or maybe model your game after, whether it be current or former pro players? I ain't gonna lie, I mess with, um, I'll probably say Leonard Fournette, that's my guy. Always been Leonard Fournette. Um, even when I was a kid, I always liked watching college. I never liked watching NFL, but now I'm in college, I like watching NFL. So I say Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette, that's from your biggest rival, man. It's not, it's not about that. It's the fact that like he was a killer, but not even that. It's like, I like how his, his vibe is outside the, when I watch any of his interviews or whatnot, I like his vibe outside of football too. Darren McFadden, pretty pretty famous razor back there and, and again it's been a while since Arkansas has had an opportunity to take it to that elite level as far as go ahead and winning the SEC West I know everybody always talks about Alabama LSU do you guys feel like look not necessarily a dark horse but we just have to prove ourselves every single week yeah, we do. We do, you know what I mean? But we try to make the main thing, the main the main goal, the main goal, you know what I mean? The main thing, the main goal, you know? And that's just by winning the first game, you know what I mean? And just preparing for what's next, not about the games after the first game. We're worrying about that first one, you know what I mean? And our goal this year is to try to go out and go and go crazy first half, you know what I mean? And not wait on the team to get with us, you know what I mean? I will ask you this too, Rocket. When you look at the calling of the Hawks, I mean, does that juice you guys up? I know in video games you can pump up the crowd to make people miss free throws or to go ahead and make it harder in an environment. What does the calling of the Hawks mean? And does it get you juiced up? Oh, yeah, it get, it get me juiced up because when you when somebody calling that, that means something going on good. But it ain't like Mississippi State, uh, the little bell thing. That's annoying. That's annoying. But I say it hypes us up, but I feel like the music for me hypes me more, more than that. But, like, I, I love being there because it's the atmosphere and I love the fans. Can't thank you enough. I mean, again, Rocket Sanders with a nickname like Rocket. I know you're going to get it done. Best of luck, 2023 SEC season. Yes, sir. God bless. You just heard from Raheem.
Dwayne Rocket Sanders, and this is a running back for the Arkansas Razorbacks, who in many preseason publications, and some he's listed as a second-team All-American, and some he's listed as a first-team All-SEC running back, and again, only standing probably six foot one. If that, I mean, he's listed at six foot two, two thirty-seven. But those measurements, I, I may give him the two thirty-seven hmm. part without much back body fat. But seeing him run for over fourteen hundred yards a year ago for Sam Pittman, if he stays healthy, he has an opportunity to continue to show his versatility as. He had 1,400 rushing yards and 10 touchdowns and also had 28 receptions for 271 yards. So he shows his versatility as a running back for Sam Pittman. Yeah, he's a <laughs> he's a really, really special player, man. He's he's a guy who, who who you will see on Sundays playing at the next level. I mean, he's a running back nickname, Rocket. I mean, what uh, what, what more can you really ask for there? We also were able to talk to Sam Pittman, the head coach at Arkansas, and one of the things that Coach Pittman was so happy about was the addition of his new defensive coordinator and didn't have to have a name that a lot of Auburn fans weren't familiar with, and that being Travis Williams. And Travis Williams come, comes on over to Arkansas. Again, he was an all-SEC linebacker for Auburn, captain at Auburn in the mid-2000s, and knows what it takes. And he also spent time with Gus Malzahn at Central Florida in 2021, and then he comes back to the SEC, really comes back home, not necessarily to his true roots, but to the roots of the Southeastern Conference, the most premier football conference in the country. And Travis Williams, one of those coaches to where, if you get to know Travis Williams, he was so very visible in this high school area in Mobile and did a tremendous job recruiting for Auburn outside of not only the Mobile area, but the entire state of Alabama. And Auburn loses him to, to Gus Malzahn. You knew it was only a matter of time. And at 40 years of age, I think Travis Williams, if Arkansas really improves defensively, you'll see him becoming a head coach himself here pretty soon. Yeah, I want to say on Sam Pittman, I mean, Greg Sankey was going over it in uh, – in his introduction of Pittman today. I mean, this Arkansas team had won eight total games in the three years prior to Pittman arriving. One game in the SEC. That program was in complete and utter shambles. I mean, it was a joke. It had completely fallen from what it had come known to be. And, and Pittman, I I don't think the, the ceiling has been reached by any means. I don't think anyone in Fayetteville is... I don't know. Yeah, satisfied is not the right word. I don't. I don't think anyone is. They, they end up going seven and five last year. They lose some games they should have won. That being said, he has this thing going in the right direction. I, I'm a huge believer in Sam Pittman. I think his players love playing. He's the definition of a player's coach. That's a guy. You know, that's a guy you want to sit down and have a beer with, man. I mean, that's a that's a coach that you want to play with. I, I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of Sam Pittman. I'm a huge believer in Arkansas, and the SEC West is what the SEC West is. We know it's a gauntlet. I don't think they're going to compete in the SEC West this year. They do have one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC, if not the best quarterback in the SEC, KJ Jefferson, who unfortunately we didn't get the chance 
chance to speak to today. KJ was uh, was uh, one of the hottest commodities on Radio Road today. But, yeah, I mean, there's no reason to think this team can't be a consistent eight-win program. I mean, what, what Arkansas had become accustomed to be before Pittman got there was an embarrassment for what they should be. And, and again, it's like, can this team compete for national championships? I don't think so. Uh, like, you know, maybe maybe there's that rare one-off year where, you know, they're a 10-11 win team and they're really good and maybe they can win an SEC West title one of these years. But, I mean, for them to be a program that had won eight games over three years in the in the three prior years to Sam Pittman arriving, it's just not what that standard was. And, and Pittman has certainly done a phenomenal job of reestablishing it. Well, you, you definitely want him to be able to do that. And uh, as far as Arkansas is concerned, they're, they're that team that really always tests the limits, takes you to that limit. You, you're going to have to play a full four quarters of football. I mean, it's not a game on the schedule to where you can overlook or take for granted. That's for certain. And if you do do that, then you're going to put yourself in a world of hurt. So, I mean, I will say this. Arkansas will continue to improve under Sam Pittman without a doubt in my mind. And with his laid-back mentality and his championship pedigree that he had coming from Georgia and learning what he did yeah. and be able to try to implement that blueprint, the head coach of his team and finding Travis Williams as a defensive coordinator that's able to go ahead and recruit for you, I think that's huge too. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. How many games do you think they win this year? Again, I think that if you're if you if you hit nine, I don't think nine is phenomenal. Nine is phenomenal. I, I don't think they'll hit double digits. I will say that, but I do think you know eight or nine wins for the Arkansas Razor, Razorbacks. Definitely nine will, will take Coach Pittman to to where it'll make a lot of the Arkansas fans happy. But I mean, this Razorbacks team. How many times did you see them? Give teams scares, but not being able to finish four quarters. Yeah. Of football. Don't be fooled by that final score against Alabama. They no. won 49 to 26, but I mean it was 28 nothing and turned to 28 23 very quickly. Again, you know part of that is Bryce Young getting hurt. I think that game was well on its way to being a blowout, but uh, you know they, they they certainly turned things around very quickly against Alabama and were able to uh, were able to give them a, a good scare at the minimum. Well, I know that Arkansas is concentrating on finishing four quarters. Bronner, because that's something that, that they were not able to do. If you had a lead going into the fourth quarter, I know there were a, a couple of games that they lost. There were a couple of games to where they got up early and then they turned around and lost the lead. So, I mean, I know football is a game of momentum. You hear about Uncle Mo, how one play can suddenly change a lot of the outcome, but a lot of optimism again for the Arkansas Razorbacks moving forward for this season. Pat's Industrial Auto Supplies 2023 SCC Media Days presented by Greer's Markets and brought to you in part by McConnell Buick GMC, Ken Morgan Allstate Agent, Ward International Trucks, LNS Air Conditioning. We'll be right back here from Radio Row live from downtown Nashville, the 2023 SEC Media Days.
My name is Robert Brazil. I'm from the class of 2018 Pro Football Hall of Fame. You're listening to WNSP. Welcome back to the final drive here on WNSP 105.5. Corey LeBounty, along with my producer Michael Brauner, joining you live from Radio Row. And of course, we have Ryan McGee, ESPN senior writer, joining us here on Radio Row. Ryan, I know this is one of the most exciting times of the year for you. Welcome to the final drive. I, I'm excited to be here. I, we, you and I were just talking during the break. You know, I, I was a I was a Bay Bears fan, right? And so I was asking you about the ballpark and, and about Hank's house. But the uh, I love Mobile. I haven't been back in a while, but uh, but I, I got to where I, would be, I was down there every now and then. I would find I'm a big minor league. I just wrote a book about minor league baseball. Big minor league baseball guy, and so. I found an excuse to drive way out of my way one time down to Mobile just to go to a game, but it's uh, but I, it's good to go be on with you guys. It's been a great week. I, I dig it here. I mean, all due respect to Hoover. Sure. Um, you know, I mean, you know, if you like creepy malls, Hoover's great. Right? <laughs> but, but no, I, I'm joking. But I, I had a great time. But, but this venue is great, and, and and Nashville is built for events. Imagine what it'll be like when we finish the construction. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I, w- I didn't even, so people but because Marty I'm, I'm Marty McGee and Marty Smith's a big country music guy yeah. he's here all the time and uh, people think I'm here all the time I'm never in Nashville <laughs> never and so I didn't know about all this and but but if anybody needs any construction updates on Broadway <laughs> the Broadway Bridge I've been my, my view is is like a drive-in movie I just been watching it I mean I give them credit to five o'clock in the morning they're out there working all yeah pouring concrete so well I I will say this, you know, you have an opportunity to cover the SEC on a regular basis and your love, not only for NASCAR, but as far as college football, yeah. the way it's grown, the SEC getting ready to grow, going to Dallas, yeah. Texas next year, a little bit, talk about the addition of Oklahoma and Texas, and then talk about the dominance of Nick Saban versus Kirby Smart. Well, to the first point, you know, I'm, I'm excited because I, I do host a show on the SEC Network and, and I do focus on the SEC primarily, I also just cover college football nationally. So I've covered games in Texas and I've covered games in Oklahoma. Oklahoma, I mean, both are great. I mean, Austin's one of the greatest cities in America. Oklahoma is a great place to watch a college football game. It's a smart crowd. They tailgate hard. The stadium's awesome. They got all their Heisman. When you go, I love it. So, like, we were talking about Georgia. The only reason I know Minnesota was the other team to win three straight national championships is because I, I covered a game. It was Michigan and Minnesota. I was there from Michigan. And I was like, did Minnesota win all these national championships? And it's like that. You go to Oklahoma, and it's like the banners and the statues of their Heisman winners along the road. You, 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 you know they're great. But then you understand, you know, what they really are. And so I'm excited for SEC fans to experience Norman, to experience Austin. You know, as a, in, in contrast to the USC-UCLA deal, which makes no sense <laughs> other than money, you know, the SEC only expanded its footprint about 90 miles west. You know, that, 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 that makes sense to me. Um, but uh, but it's, it's, I'm excited about it. And to the point about Saban and, and Smart, yeah, we're kind of at this weird crossroads, right? We're kind of at this inflection point of, you know, I'm a big Star Wars guy, right? And, it, and it's, it's the master and the, and the apprentice. And now the apprentice... Is, is winning, you know, and it won two national championships using the same playbook primarily process-wise, you know, that Nick Saban has done. But, but Nick Saban has not forgotten how to do this. It is so funny to me how everybody wants to write it off. They came within four points. 
of playing for a national championship last year. I was at the Tennessee game. They should have won the game. Yep. Um, and you know, and and what we and they should have won the LSU game. What we know now is Bryce Young wasn't even practicing during the week, and we didn't at the time. I don't think America knew that, and so. He hasn't forgotten how to do it, and he's just going to reload. I mean, it, it, listen, replacing Will Anderson and Bryce Young, in my opinion, the two best players in college football last year, that that's a tall order. But, I mean, they do it every year. So, Well, Ryan, outside of Georgia going for a three-peat, first since 1930 or whatever it was, yeah. with Minnesota, obviously. Go Gophers. Yeah, go Gophers, obviously a uh, big topic of discussion this week, and you kind of just brought it up, has been, is LSU, is the SEC West now yeah. LSU to lose? Like, has, is Alabama, you know, that is their time over, but it's kind of the first year that people don't necessarily expect Bama to just go and win the SEC West very easily. How, how do you see things going in the SEC West this year? Well, well, I, I think that, you know, I go back to well, Brian Kelly. I go back to when he took Notre Dame to the national championship game in like year two or whatever it was, year three. And they got hammered by Alabama, but they made it to the BCS. And this is the old BCS model. They made the BCS championship game. And Brian Kelly has told me many times that was a blessing and a curse. Now, you're never going to not want to have that kind of year. But it was way ahead of schedule. Mm-hmm. And it set an expectation level that he had a really difficult time meeting for the rest of his career. He's kind of back in that situation again, you know. And oh, by the way, his the people who share the hallway with him just won the College World Series and the women's you know national championship basketball. So it, it's it, it, there's still a lot of work to do. Brian Kelly coached football. I, the, the people a year ago that were like, I don't think he's a fit for the SEC. I'm like, well, then you never paid attention because the X's and O's are what that guy does. And now, golden handcuffs, pun intended, at, at Notre Dame. He doesn't have any of those restrictions anymore. You know, at LSU, you know, at Notre Dame, you know, he would have meetings for 10 years, you know, to just get a little video board put in the stadium. At LSU, if they think they can get a five-star out of Dallas, you know, they'll tear down the whole grandstand and build another. So it's – that's a long way of saying it's still Alabama's division to lose. But LSU's definitely closer than we thought that they were. To me, they were always the biggest threat, and, and that was true whether Coach O was there, whether Les Miles was there, or whether it's him. Uh, Brian Kelly, They're, they have the resources, and they have. They, Louisiana players don't leave Louisiana, and so they lock down those borders. I still think they have the best chance to uh, to, to beat Alabama, but I think it's Alabama's division. How much fun is it for you to, to host Marty and McGee? I know it's, it's just ridiculous. like two guys yeah. sitting back, you know, you look at it from, from a beer standpoint, two guys just drinking yeah. a beer, having a great time. But to be able to sit there and have disagreements and agreements and, and all yeah. the commonalities there, I know that just – and it reflects on the on the television screens for those who tune in. And you're such an excellent writer and capture the moments as well. But to be able to have somebody that's a live wire, like yeah. he is. How much fun is that for you? It's a lot, man. I'm a therapist. Really, no, no. no it's, listen, Martin and I are friends, and, and I think that uh, we've been friends for 20 years. And so you guys know this. I, mean, I, I, you know, I was a TV producer for a long time before I did what I'm doing now. And, and you guys know this. You can't create chemistry. It either happens or it doesn't. And, you know, you guys clearly like each other. If you don't, you're faking it really well. <laughs> but, but like, when I do Radio Row, I can tell immediately who really gets along and who doesn't. And Marty and I have been friends. And so when, when I've worked on TV shows before where you take really talented people and put them at a desk, and it just didn't work. You know, they're really good on other shows, but they're not great together. And it's not their fault. It just didn't work. And so with, with, with the two of us, we're just lucky, man, because we're kind of cut from the same cloth. 
Um, we, we, I think we, I think we counter each other pretty well. I think my style and his style are kind of, it's kind of yin and yang, and uh, and we just, there's no, there's no BS, there's no tension, there's no none of that. And I know, I can sense when he needs to get something off his chest, and he can sense that with me. And you know, it's just fun. And honestly, man, you know, we get done with the show on Saturdays. We literally have the same conversation, whether we're on the road in the fall or whether we're in the studio the rest of the year. We get done with the show, and he'll look at me and he'll go, "You can't, can you believe we're getting to do this?" I go, "No, don't tell anyone because they actually pay us an American dollars to do it." But it's fun, man. It's such a blessing, and we're fortunate too. Our bosses at ESPN just let us do what we want. We don't have a plan. We very we have guests booked. But very rarely do we have any idea. Like, if we have guest book, if we, we have an NBA writer on, we know we're going to talk about the NBA that morning. But if the first caller into the show wants to talk about his church softball team, we're probably going to talk about that for three hours, you know. And so we're, we're very fortunate they let us kind of do what we want to do. Ryan McGee, ESPN senior writer. Of course, you hear him on Marty and McGee, SEC Network. Of course, during the football championship series, you see him all around. And we just love hearing you all year round. And can't thank you enough for being so generous with your time here with us on the final drive. Look forward to hopefully touching base with you sometime throughout the season yeah. as it unfolds to kind of see where the predictions are or how things are lining up. But thank you so much for your time and joining us here on the final drive. Oh, no, no. The season's coming. And uh, I look forward to seeing you guys in a press box somewhere. Absolutely. And we got to get you back down to Mobile. It ah. may not be minor league baseball, right. but again, there are some great growth developments coming with Mobile and the historic side of the major league baseball players that we put oh, out. It's, it's the history. I'm a, I'm a sports history guy. And so I, I've read every book about, about Henry Aaron has ever been written, and uh, including his. But I'll tell you this, I'm going to go over here and steal a chair. Like, let's get out. Let's get a lug wrench and go over there and get me a bleacher seat. I can take back to Charlotte with me. Hey, you, hey, we'll go ahead and tell the mayor. Uh, hey, look, no hey. need for it to go to waste. No, no, I'm gonna put on. Tell him I'm gonna put on a Marty McGee set. I yeah. absolutely right. love it. Pat's Industrial Auto Supplies SEC Media Days 2023, presented by Greer's Markets and brought to you by Air of Excellence, Chavis Furniture, New Century Tiles, and the attorneys at Hedge Copeland Law Firm. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Jimmy Ripple from Gator Boys, and you're listening to WNSP on 105.5. Welcome back to the final drive here on WNSP 105.5. Corey Labounty, along with my producer, Michael Bronner, joining you here from Radio Row, live at the 2023 SEC Media Days, taking place at the Grand Hyatt in downtown Nashville. Day number three is flying on by, and I want to thank Pat's Industrial Auto Supplies, the 2023 SEC Media Days presented by Greer's Markets and also brought to you in part by Rich's Car Wash, Dixie Supply, McConnell Buick, GMC. And now without further ado, we did have Ryan McGee on and we go from Ryan McGee exactly to where everyone wants to be. What a segue we got I, here. You know, I, I tell you, you go from <laughs> Ryan McGee covering college football to the man himself, Bill Hancock, the executive 
director of the college football playoffs, joining us here on Radio Row. Mr. Hancock, thank you for joining us, and it's a pleasure. Well, Corey, I'm a little bit ticked off because when you invited me to be on the show, you did not tell me that I was going to have to follow Ryan McGee. I told you, Bill, we didn't plan it that way. You know, it's it's live radio. We're on Radio Row. We grab people as we can, and it's kind of just how things worked out. See, I, from my perspective, producing the show, I'm just glad that we have two great guests back to back. So, so listen, it's been great. I'll talk to y'all later. See, Mr. Hancock's leaving the building. He's gone now, folks. He's leaving Radio. <laughs> He's le hey, look, and, and look, Ryan McGee is going to be right behind him here in a moment. But no, I, I, I can't thank you enough. I know that you're really on a lot with, with Lee Shervanian and Mark Heim, our partners at WNSP, on the opening kickoff. And, you know, one of the things that Lee has decided to do is to pass the torch on to Michael Bronner, myself, Nick Wiggins, and Steven Root in regards to getting some experience. And I know you're so used to hearing and seeing from from Lee, but he speaks so very highly of you and, and loves everything that you're doing and have done for college football. Well, that's very kind. Lee's one of my favorite people, although based on what you just said, he is a poor judge of character. <laughs> I love it. I love it. We're, we're taking all the shots here on the final drive and, and the growth of college football. And when you go from a two-team format to a four-team format and now to a 12-team format moving forward. I know when you take or took over college football playoffs, there's there's always going to be someone who's upset or angry with two-team two model, four-team model, 12-team model. It just doesn't really matter. There's always going to be, just like the NCAA tournament that you're involved in as well, somebody's going to be upset, right? But the growth. Talk to us about that. Well, people being disappointed goes with the territory. And we did have Team 3 back in the BCS days. Certainly, we have Team 5 now. And in the 16 years that I spent with the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament, in my time, we had Team 65. And all that is a good thing. I, I feel bad for Team 65, always will, but it's a good thing because it shows we had a really popular event that people want to participate in. So I, I wouldn't have it any other way. It's a good thing. Bill, I'm going to ask you this. I'm going to switch from radio mode to fan mode. I'm going to ask you this from a fan perspective. Oh, that's good because I'm a fan too. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all, we all are in a way. So, yeah. you know, obviously this year there was a lot. And I, I, I'm not. I don't argue at this point anymore that Alabama should have been in the college football playoff. I don't think most people do, but you know, when how do you weigh the fact that do you weigh all teams equally in that? Yes, Alabama, do they get the benefit of the doubt when when uh, yes they got let in in 2017 after losing the Iron Bowl and not making the SEC championship? You know, they go and win the national championship. This time around, it's a little bit different. They have two losses. Obviously, they don't make the SEC championship. Could you argue they were one of the four best teams in the in the, in the country? Probably they probably would have been. TCU, but how do you, how do you weigh all these? That you have the most impossible job in the world, I will say. <laughs> but like, how do you weigh all these things? Well, the fact is that the brand has nothing to do with it. I mean, a absolutely nothing. <laughs> Good grief! The committee has so much else on their plate that they have to evaluate. They would not even want to add something like the brand. Um, it, it, every team starts the season equally. We don't pay attention to the preseason rankings, which will be out in what a couple of weeks, I guess. Uh, we, we just don't have to mess with that. It's all about what you do that season 
on the field against the schedule that has been given to you. And people say, well, they tried to play a good schedule. I don't care what they tried to do. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't do it. So that, that, that's a, a misconception that some people have about how we operate. And, and truly, the, the, the brand, the school, doesn't have anything to do with it. What about when it comes to quality wins versus you know, bad losses? How do you, how do you, how do you weigh the two? Every, that's a really good question. I'm glad you asked it because every team has some of each. If they get down to the end where they're going to be in contention, they all have, almost all of them have a loss where you go, man, what happened? Mm-hmm. And they might have won a game when you go, man, they were lucky in that one. Mm-hmm. But the next team that you're comparing them against might have the same thing. Fans just see that this is our team and here's what they have. But they don't really study. I'm guilty who, of that. <laughs> who that team, who your team, Michael, is being compared against. Mm-hmm. Well, the committee has to do that. Well, it's not only just from a college football standpoint when you look at the growth of NCAA athletics, right? So when you specifically in charge of college football, the addition of Oklahoma and Texas to the SEC. I know being the college football playoff executive director, different conferences, Power Five or not, we haven't had that non-Power Five get in there yet. But with the growth of it, it's almost the same model that makes March Madness March Madness to where you can have that Cinderella team make that run and possibly have a chance to play for a national championship, not just based on one good game, but a series of good games. Yeah. uh, Remember, we did have Cincinnati that made it to the playoff, what, three years ago. And so, but with with the new 16-team event, the best six conference champions will be in the playoff. So there's no automatic qualification. It's just simply the best six conference champions. That's going to be a big step for college football. Getting back to that quality win discussion, is is a win truly a win? And I hate to keep using Alabama as an example, but I just think they're a great case study. Like take the Texas game, for example, where they were favored by 22 points or whatever it was, and they go and beat Texas by one point. Same thing with the Texas A&M game, although circumstances factor in there in that they didn't have their starting quarterback. Tennessee lo- loses to South Carolina in a game that Hendon Hooker tears his ACL in. How do you, like, how do you take all these things into account? We have to. We, we, we absolutely have to. Um, but that just goes into what what, what the ingredients that make up the team's season. And the committee knows all that and more. They might know that the left tackle had to miss, you know, the second half. And, and that's why maybe the offense struggled a little bit in certain game. Yeah, the committee has a lot to, a lot to deal with, but they, but they have to. And certainly the loss of a key player like a quarterback is so important. Uh, we had a game two or three years ago when, when a coach wasn't able, a coordinator wasn't able to participate. Well, that was a factor for that team. I can't remember if they made it in or not, but all, all the committee has to consider all that. We're speaking with the executive director of the college football playoffs, Bill Hancock, our guest here on the final drive. And how have you seen your role change or expand since you have been named executive director? Oh, I think probably when I was hired, I was the only staff member at first. 
and the, my bosses said, build a staff, get an office, get a selection committee, teach them how to work, and, and so we did all that. No one will ever have an opportunity like the one that I did, that I had 10 years ago. And I probably should have been scared, but I, but I probably didn't know enough to be scared at the time. Um, my role has become, has gone more from operations and creating into more of, of the politics of let, let's try to help the group come to some consensus about expanding, for one thing. So I'm, I'm doing more politics than I did at the start. And that's because all the operations things are in place. So I don't have to mess with that now. When it comes to expanding, how do you see the future evolving? Obviously, we go from the BC, well, we go from no BCS to the BCS, and then to finally we get a four-team playoff, and then after years of clamoring for it, we finally get the 12-team playoff. Surely this isn't it. I mean, is the next step after this 16? Oh, who knows? We're, we're not even thinking about oh, that. Oh, I don't believe that you're not thinking no, about it. <laughs> not even thinking about it. I did, someone this, yesterday did ask me on a different station, um, well, now, you're only going to have this for two more years, right, this 12-team tournament? And I said, no, we're going to have it for the foreseeable future. We don't know how long we'll have it. We're, obviously, the first two years, 24 and 25 season, then we'll start the 26 season. And we don't know how far out we will go. We'll have a new con new set of contracts by then. And that remains to be seen. This, this time, you know, we went out for 12 years. We had a 12-year contract. And I don't know if we'll go that long again, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see what the media rights holder wants to do, and we'll see what kind of uh, how that dovetails with what we want to do. You know, the hardest thing about having a passion for something is having to step away. I know that in 2025, Atlanta will host the college football championship, and I know that you've recently announced it. 2025, right around February, after that national championship game, you will present that big trophy for the last time. And, and what, what goes into deciding 2025 will outpass the baton, so to say? Well, for me it was, I, I've thought about this for a long time, and I thought, okay, but I better get the company through the pandemic. That was my first thought. And then we did that. And then I thought, oh, you know what? We're, they're getting ready to try to expand. I better get the company through expansion. And then I just decided, hey, I have so many more things I want to do in life, so many books to read, so many places to visit. Um, I want to learn how to do Photoshop. <laughs> I don't know how to do Photoshop, and it looks really cool, so I need to learn it. <laughs> and I just thought, hey, go ahead and do it. And so my contract, every year my contract rolls over, and I have to decide about the next year. And it was time to think about, do I want to work till February of 2026? And I just thought, you know what? Not really. Uh, it's time. So it was an easy decision. I, I will say that there's some apprehension. There's a little bit of... Part of me says, oh, am I doing the right thing? But it's probably 80-20, uh, yes, you are doing the right thing. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I hope, I hope to spend some more time in Mobile. I've only been there six or seven times, and I want, I want to know more. I, I know where WNSP yeah. is. I'm proud of that. Yeah. Well, we, we, we love the fact that you're welcome anytime, whether it's in the morning, the opening kickoff, or here on the final drive. You're, you're we could get you welcome. a regular show, Mr. Hancock. Uh, Without awesome. question. And, and it's just one of those things, Mr. Hancock, to where when you look at college football 20 years from now, 
What do you think 20 years from now college football will look like? It will still be extremely popular. Uh, I do think we'll look back and say, man, those times in the 2020s were term were there was a lot of turmoil, and but we got through it. Whatever it is, NIL, the portal. Uh, certainly, the, what the playoff looks like, but it, it will be—it will continue to be popular, and I think it will be popular for one thing because it's played by college students. Man, we can't ever lose that. If we ever lose that, we're toast. You know, would, would the AAA Tuscaloosa Giants uh, be as popular as a Crimson Tide? No, no, and that's because they're college students and because they're part of a. They're integrated into an athletic department that has softball and women's gymnastics and the basketballs and, and, and baseball and go on and on. It, it wouldn't be the same. I'm telling you, the AAA Tuscaloosa football Tigers would just not be as popular. Well, we know you're popular here on WNSP. We're proud of it. We're proud that you were able to stop by Radio Row and take time out of your busy schedule here to meet with us. And, again, this is our first SEC Media Day, so want to thank you for well, giving us a great opportunity for our first time. And no, none better than to meet the executive director of the college football playoff. I know you need to go to a spot, but let me ask you this. Thank you for having me go on. Go ahead. Has Media Days met your expectations? It's exceeded it. Exceeded. It's exceeded, exceeded. It. it really has. It's exceeded it. I mean, you see it on SEC Network or on television. You see it on your local news networks. But to actually see it and embrace it and feel it, it it's amazing. Cool. Awesome. It's amazing. It's been awesome. special. Well, so Thank nice. you, Bill. Nice to meet you guys. Thanks Pleasure again for having you. me on. Bill Hancock, he is going to be the college football playoffs executive director until 2025. We'll be right back here on the final drive. Hi, this is Monty Burke, author of Saban, The Making of a Coach. You're listening to WNSP Sports Radio 105.5 FM. WNSP 105.5 coming to you live from Radio Row, located at the Grand Hyatt, downtown Nashville. Again, day number three has concluded as we had Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, and Kentucky all taking the podium today. And of course, we want to thank the executive director of the college football playoffs. Bill Hancock for joining us and taking time out of it. And Michael, Man, you mentioned that was great. it. I, I wouldn't want his job either because you're, you're in a situation to where, you know, you're always going to have someone who is unhappy. But the growth going from two to four and now expanding it out, I think that, that that's, that's great for college football. And, and it's great for the little guy. And, you know, Cincinnati getting into – the playoffs, yeah, of course, you, you knew that they were probably going to get smoked. And, of course, who did they get smoked by? Mm, mm, mm. None other than the Crimson Tide. Uh, that run the, ran the ball effectively. That, I, I will say, you know, that was that was Sauce Gardner, Cincinnati. We had a, we had trouble throwing the ball that day. But, uh, you know, when it, when it comes to bigs against bigs, Alabama ran the ball pretty effectively. I think B-Rob had a day that day. But, uh, you know, big thanks to Bill Hancock. I, I, I will say, you know, you know, I had to call him out. I, I did not believe him when uh, when he says they're not thinking about <laughs> further expense. They're always thinking about what the next step is going to be when you're talking about the executive. 
it is with college football. They're always thinking about that. So, you know, I definitely don't buy it when he says that. Uh, what, 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 you mean you're not buying the reverse rat poison? Uh, yeah, the, yeah, for the executives of college football, I'm not buying the, the reverse rat poison. So, yeah, I do believe that. I, I don't know. I think we get at least maybe five years of the 12-team playoff, and I think the next step after that is 16. That feels like the natural progression of things, and whether people like it or not, you know, if we talk to our guy Josh Pate, I know he would hate it. Uh, you know, he's very anti-expansion. Hopefully we can get him on tomorrow if he's still around, but all that being said, uh, yeah, I mean, it, that, that, that was really great. Really appreciate Bill, Bill Hancock. And, and then you look at what's coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. If you missed it, we were able to talk with Nick Saban today at SEC Media Days, along with Dallas Turner, J.C. Latham, and Kool-Aid McKinstry of the Crimson Tide, able to get the entire roster of Crimson Tide attendees here, along with Nick Saban, and, and his answers to our questions were pretty interesting and pretty fascinating. Well, the and questions were. <laughs> again, non-football-related questions or outside of the comfort zone of a lot of people and I love the questions because they're questions that are not normally asked sure and when you have questions that aren't normally asked you, you have you, and you make people think and pause a little bit and anytime you can make Nick Saban pause and think about it or, or, or say he's really not understanding what you're asking and you have to explain it a little bit further We'll, you'll be able to hear from Nick Saban and exactly the questions that were asked. It made even the GOAT scratch his head today here at SEC Media Days. The final drive, hour number three, will be coming right back. Pat's Industrial Auto Supplies 2023 SEC Media Days presented by Greer's Markets and brought to you by Air of Excellence and Green and Phillips Injury Law Firm. Hour number three will be right back. From Mobile, Sports Radio 105.5 WNSP presents 99 yards away. Win this game for one another. The final drive with Corey Labounty and Michael Bronner. Do your job and play together. The final drive. Live on 105.5 FM and streaming on the Sound of Mobile app. I cannot believe it. Welcome back to our number three of the final drive here on WNSP 105.5. Corey LeBounty, along with my producer, Michael Brauner, joining you live from Radio Row, of course, the Grand Hyatt, downtown Nashville. We're getting ready to conclude day number three here in about an hour. And Alabama takes the podium today along with Arkansas, Florida, and Kentucky. And, of course, you know, we love to hear from you. You can download our free app, and it's a free downloadable app to any Android 
or Apple device that you have the Sound of Mobile is what you want to download. That free Sound of Mobile app, you want to click on it, WNSP, so you can correspond with us in the app. Of course, not only there, you can call us at 251-694-1055 and want to get right in, Michael Bronner, to talking and speaking with Nick Saban today. It's already become not only WNSP gold, it's become internet gold, it's become radio gold. The questions that were posed to and asked by Nick Wiggins and myself, SEC Media Day today, uh, you, you have to absolutely... Nick Wiggins promised, folks, that he would deliver Nick Saban and he did that in grand fashion, and we'll play that interview along with Dallas Turner, J.C. Latham, and Kool-Aid McKinstry, in case you missed it, coming right up. Coach Saban, it's been a long summer for you. I know you had a brief opportunity to enjoy vacation with Miss Terry Saban, and when you came back from that, I know that the quarterback room has continued to be talked about, and we would love to hear your thoughts about that. You know, Everybody knows we went to Italy. It was for our 50th wedding anniversary, which was really in the past, but I kept getting out of going because I didn't really want to go and take 10 days to not be around. But it was a great trip, and I would recommend that anybody go. And Florence is fantastic. Rome is fantastic. The Amalfi Coast is fantastic. And we got roll tied everywhere we went. So if you think you're going to be incognito over there, that's not happening. So, uh, and the second part is, you know, we need for all of our quarterbacks to develop on our team. Uh, I don't think anybody has separated themselves to this point, even though I see improvement in each and every guy in terms of how well they're doing and how they're developing. But we need that on our team. We don't just need a starter. We need a backup. We need, you know, good players at that position. Uh, just like Jalen Milrow had the opportunity to play last year, we needed him to be ready in the Arkansas game and the A&M game. So um, when somebody separates themselves and nobody knows for sure when that is, and I can't establish a timetable to say on this date we're going to say this is the starting quarterback. It's going to happen when it happens, and that's the way it'll be. So most players have a go-to song or artist that kind of get them locked into the game. I'm curious, what is on a Nick Saban pre-game uh, hype playlist for you? I don't understand this question. What's like your go-to music choice? What are you listening to? Well, you know, we, we, we don't, I don't really listen to music before the game. Um, you know, we always play Gimme Shelter going home, you know, after the game. But I don't listen to music before the game. I'm kind of thinking about, you know, have we covered everything we need to cover, players ready to go, um, and trying to anticipate what might be a problem in the game at some point. So, um, I mean, if you walk around in a locker room, you can get entertained quite a bit because most people are listening to music, which I think is a way the players are trying to relax you know, a little bit and um, curb their anxiety. And I think that's a good thing, but I just never did that. 
we got a chance to see a different side of you this summer with the virtual reality game. I know you like to dominate your opponent on the field. Did you dominate the virtual reality opponent? And what game were you playing in that virtual reality? You know, I, I don't know. You have to explain it to me because I didn't see it. So what? what, what? When, when you were punching with the, with the glasses on, uh, the virtual reality game, to where when you're taking on your opponent and you see them in the video game and you're kind of punching a little bit, almost like a little dance your daughter was recording. Yeah, well, I thought I was horrible. <laughs> I couldn't land a punch, but you could get punched. So that's the only time I've ever done that. And it was a good experience. I can't really give myself a very good grade of how well I performed doing it. <laughs> Appreciate that, Coach. Thanks a lot. SEC Media Days 2023. We're here with Alabama corner Kool-Aid McKinstry. Kool-Aid, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. And you? I'm doing well. Appreciate you taking some time with us. So here in Nashville, what's your first SEC Media Days experience been like so far? Um, it's been a, such an honor to be here. You know, I know it, it's an, it means a lot to Coach, so me being here is a very good honor. We appreciate you being here. So, obviously, last season, you know, the defense had an up-and-down year. You guys are trying to get back to that standard of Alabama football. How do you go about establishing that? Well, first, we had we made a lot of mistakes last year, so we had to own up to those mistakes so we can learn from them and make sure that they don't happen again so we can get back to the Alabama standard. Absolutely. Talking about Caleb Downs, freshman safety, what have you seen from him so far? How, how you know, how what, what can fans expect to see from him this season? Um, I feel like Caleb is a good player. Um, he, he put a lot of effort into doing it extra things like me with the coach Esther and also working on his body and eating the right things so I feel like Caleb is a great player. Now Kool-Aid I gotta say I mean you are the best dressed person I've seen this week man I know you there was talk when you came into school about possibly playing basketball did you get some inspiration from Nate Oates with this jacket? Um, yeah <laughs> coach coach Oates do dress well I have realized that every game he's dressed well suit and tie so yeah he probably like this fit. What's been the most interesting question you've been asked so far? Probably about my name, more about my name. Well, I gotta ask you, what's your favorite flavor of Kool-Aid? Uh, pink lemonade and black cherry. Pink lemonade and black cherry. All right, so what are your goals for the future? Obviously, next season, you know, hope, hopefully NFL in the future? Uh, right now, just focus on this team and getting done what we can get done and making this team better. I'm not really focused on the goal. I'm really focused on the identity of this team and getting to week one. Plan for Nick Saban, obviously, he was a former DB himself. It's probably the group he's most hands-on. How much does that benefit you as a player? Um, it's good having Coach Saban in the room every day telling me what I'm doing well and what I'm doing what I'm doing bad on so I can learn from the GOAT because I know he knows it the best. Cool, Ed. Thank you so much for your time, man. All right, thank you. 2023 SEC Media Days, starting right tackle for the Alabama Crimson Tide. J.C. Latham joining us. J.C., your expectations for this season and how you played through last season's 13 games? Um, my expectations for the season, Joe Moore, Outland, National Championship, undefeated. Uh, I'm not lowering the bar. I'm not lowering the standard. I know we got a great group of guys here. I know we can get it done. We could have got it done in the previous years, but um, understanding what we had last year and what we had the year before that, we had enough. So. JC, Alabama's prided itself on offensive line play for a long time now. How do you guys get back to, you know, being mean up front and being able to dominate from the offensive line standpoint? Uh, first is understanding that it's a mentality. You got to hit somebody in the face over and over and over and over and over again. Understanding that that's what it's going to take to be physical, to be ruthless, to be feared in this conference, especially this is the most physical conference, the best conference in the country. So just to understand that this is what we want to be. We know what we got to do every single day, wake up, attack the workout, 
attack practice, film, all that stuff, nutrition, um, mobility, everything we got to do to make sure um, that we're ready to go and we're going to hit somebody in the face. J.C. Latham, future Outland Trophy winner, speaking with us here on the final drive. Thank you. 2023 SEC Media Days here with Dallas Turner. Dallas Turner checking out the Jays, man. What you think about my Jays? I love man. I like them with them. Is, uh, the, the graduation 11s. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. A little patent leather 11s. I had to rock with you, my brother. But I'm not as clean as you are in this nice suit, man. You're a little bit iced out. But no, really, we'll talk about the Alabama defense. Talk about the expectations coming into this season. I mean, you know, the expectations is, you know, just play fast, physical, and play aggressive, and also be on the same page for the defense. You know, but we also go one and we, we also trying to go one and all the team you know take take it week by week when you look at the expectations of Alabama and the standard that needs to be set your personal standards on top of team standards do they differ at all uh, no not really you know I, I, like my like my main standard is just be the best teammate possible you know trying to better my teammates and uh, you know just be there for them on and off the field so what's the best part about you playing for the Alabama Crimson Tide personally uh, having a resource like Nick Saban you know and just being around greatness all the time you know uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of good guys everywhere, every position. So even, like, the, the backups to the backups are going to be good. So, you know, it's, you just, you're around a lot of good guys that had the same common goal as you, you know, just had the same type of, you know, monster as you. Your own personal growth since you've been at Alabama, how have you gotten better personally and professionally? I mean, I feel like, more importantly, I feel like I matured a lot more at the University of Alabama, you know, matured a lot faster, you know, playing as a freshman. You know, I had to mature faster. But, you know, uh, you know I, I feel like, I better myself as a man, more importantly, than better myself as a football player, you know. Because, you know, football don't last forever. So, you know, I feel like I learned a lot of life skills from coaches and a lot of people here at the University of Alabama. Dallas Turner, starting linebacker for the Crimson Tide, joining us at SEC Media Days. Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. You just heard from in that segment, of course, my man Nick Wiggins. He delivered on the goods, and that's great stuff right there. And, of course, on the other side of this break here on the final drive, we have so many guests we're trying to squeeze in. The head football coach of the Florida Gators, Billy Napier, spoke on local product Shamar James. So you want to hear the wonderful comments that head football coach of the Florida Gators made on our local 251 product Shamar James on the other side of this break here on WNSP 105.5. My name is Sherman Williams, former running back for the University of Alabama and the Dallas Cowboys. And I wake up each morning listening to WNSP 105.5. Welcome back to the final drive here on WNSP 105.5. Corey Labounty, along with my producer, Michael Bronner, coming to you live from the Grand Hyatt in downtown Nashville, where we're getting ready to wrap up day number three of SEC Media Days. Pat's Industrial Auto Supplies 2023 SEC Media Days, presented by Greer's Markets and brought to you in part by McConnell Buick GMC, Ward International Trucks, Riches Car Wash, and Dixie Supply. Of course, head coach Billy Napier of the Florida Gators was on the podium today and had an opportunity to talk to him specifically about hashtag 251, Mobile Alabama's own and Faith Academy's own Shamar 
James and Billy Napier chimed in and, and said this about Shamar James and his growth as a football player. Corey LeBounty with WNSP 105.5 in Mobile, Alabama. Shamar James, all-freshman type SEC performer, academic, all-SEC as well. Talk about his development and growth in his second season and the role he'll be in this Florida defense. You know, Shamar James is one of the young players I'm really excited about. Uh, Shamar was able to play and contribute to our team and gain some valuable experience in year one. Uh, he is intelligent. He's got great awareness. Um, I think he has character. I think he's a player that within that class he has influence. Um, he's a future star for the Gators. And, um, you know, Shamar showed up last year in early June. You know, he didn't get here until late May, early June. So not only is he going to benefit from that experience, but he's went through this cycle um, all the way back to January, and he's in a much better place right now. So. Uh, I think he's got a chance to be one of the more impactful young players on our team. And uh, we're really excited about his leadership uh, and the character uh, that he brings to our locker room as well. Two final questions, front row. Billy Napier having high praise for one Shamar James in year number two getting ready to be a sophomore and you can see his development last year not only all academic all sec all freshman team you can see he talked about there are no ceilings for shamar and he said look this guy has the potential to be a future captain of this team a future leader on the field off the field people are gravitating toward him that you know his decision to go to florida was one that he did not take lightly, but he was able to make his own way. And I tell you, the interviews just keep coming and coming as far as Brooks Austin, director of recruiting for Sports Illustrated, lead editor for Dogs Daily. Of course, Kirby Smart taking the podium yesterday, the breaking news today of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution having to take out and fire one of their investigative in reporters who joined us here on the final drive. Brooks Austin gives his thoughts on a multitude of subjects with us here on the final drive. 2023 Nashville Media Days here. Brooks Austin joins us this afternoon on the final drive. Brooks, talk a little bit about the expectations that you thought coming in that Kirby Smart was going to have facing the media. So I, I think we always knew he was going to get asked about some type of AJC reporting and, and the speeding tickets. Uh, we actually set an over-under at three and a half questions. Like, is he going to get more than that? Um, he actually only got one yesterday and, and uh, answered it pretty direct and pretty, uh, you know, forefront about, you know, speeding happens statistically at that age. You know, I'm, I mean, when I was 18, 19 years old, I was being an idiot behind the wheel as well. So you, you want to, to understand that young people make mistakes, but you also – want to hold them to a higher level of accountability. Like, that's what all these coaches talk about, right, is holding players to accountability standards um, and the correct standards. And that's something that they've certainly failed to do this offseason, e even to their own standards. Well, not only that, Brooks. I mean, here today you have the AJC to go ahead and have a report refuted. I know that that's something that was near and dear to your topic when there's investigative reporting that yeah. goes on that's just not accurate, and you know it's not accurate. Yeah. It always come back to literally bite you as it did with the AJC. Yeah, they actually uh, removed the reporter today and released. It wasn't even a retraction. It was kind of an admittance of 
hey, we did some wrong things here. Um, they actually didn't retract the statement or retract the article. They went back and removed some of the, the reporting that they deemed um, uh, inaccurate, if you will. So it wasn't like a, hey, this article no longer exists. It was more of this portion of that article no longer exists. So um, not exactly a full fronting acceptance of responsibility, if you will, from the AJC. But I thought the entire time as an investigative reporter, it's not something that I do, okay? I'm not an investigative journalist. But if you're an investigative journalist uh, writing about something as serious as sexual assault, one thing you don't want to be doing is withholding information. And that's exactly what happened with the AJC report. Um, an individual by the name of Alan Judd went and, and, and not necessarily falsified police reports, but picked and choose what he wanted to out of a police report and kind of reported a very, very one-sided article, hence the reason why we've kind of had a, a, a tumbling, if you will, uh, between the school and the newspaper. Yeah, Brooks, Kirby, like you said, I mean, you said the over-under at three and a half. I, I was surprised, too, at kind of the lack of controversy, as it were, uh, you know, both at the big podium and at the small podium. It seemed like no one really wanted to ask Kirby Smart, you know, what is going on at Georgia. So, you know, your general reaction to the fact that, you know, there was very little controversy, rather, with, uh, with the whole Georgia media day as a whole. Look, I'm, I live in the state of Georgia. I live in Atlanta. I live in metro Atlanta. I know what the Hellcat has done to Metro Atlanta cities, okay? I, I know what the Dodge Charger has done to the, the areas where I live, all right? If you go out in Atlanta on I-85 right now, today, 2 o'clock in the morning, your butt's going to get flown by by somebody driving about 200 mile an hour on the interstate. It is just what it is. It is a cultural impact in our region of America. I don't know about anywhere else, but late night, Roads fast, cars fast, kids driving fast. I don't necessarily think it's a Georgia-specific problem, but they are the University of Georgia, and I think if any coach speaks about accountability and holding uh, their football program to proper standards, it's Kirby Smart. He does that adamantly, and if you're not meeting those standards, you're failing at that university, period. Not only accountability, but I think the kind of main thing he talked about was addressing the threat of complacency. That's the biggest issue for uh, for Georgia this season. Obviously, they're the two-time defending national champions. No one is doubting that the talent is there, but addressing the threat of complacency, what does that mean to you? Yeah, we always come into this with, uh, uh, hey, what's Kirby's mantra going to be this year? What's he going to come out with? What, what's he been reading up on? Last year, uh, it was the quote about we will not be hunted, right? You know, we will not be hunted at the University of Georgia. And this year, it's better never rest. And he told the media to think about that critically. Better never rest. Um, I, I would imagine it's, it's good that they have a roster turnover like they do. You know, every three, four years, they get new people. I would imagine the, the word complacency gets said quite a bit around that program. Um, I asked him yesterday, in fact, how do you make sure your message stays fresh? Because we've been hearing as media members about complacency for two full years now. How are you making sure your players aren't, you know, those words aren't falling on deaf ears? And listening to him speak over the last, you know, two or three days, and especially the last three or four years, I see a football coach that is very adamant about self-introspective and self-thought. Like it's very clear every single day he thinks about how to improve upon himself and upon his program. And, and, and some of those things like better never rest and his three costs of leadership. You know, the, the fact that you're going to have to do things and you're going to have to make decisions that negatively impact those around you, that being a cost. You're going to uh, be negatively covered and not have an, a, an ability to, uh, you know, defend yourself, things like that. The, 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 the thought processes and the daily, you know, uh, go-abouts, if you will, about self-improvement, I find that admiring outside of the world of football. Um, so, yeah, just the, the, the general mantra speaking, we expect to hear that from Kirby when we come out here. Well, it's interesting. Anytime you try to compare Alabama and Georgia, he's done a great job as he's become 
a little bit wiser as the head coach, especially after winning national championships, to find a way to separate, to say there is no equal, there is no same, there is no mirror. Yeah. Alabama does Alabama, Georgia does Georgia. At the beginning of his tenure as head coach, he was not able to separate the both. And I think that that's something where Kirby has grown into his own to put Georgia on its own pedestal instead of being equal with Alabama. Yeah, I think you are the replica until you become the standard, if you know what I mean. Like, you're going to be the second fiddle. You're going to be little brother until you become the standard of college football. And right now, I don't think there's any debate. The University of Georgia is the standard of college football. Um, so I think this idea that, you know, they're, they're emulating Alabama or they have to live up to the standard of Alabama or they even have to compare themselves to Alabama. I don't think they allow themselves to have that type of conversation in the building. Um, you know, they don't do anything like middle of the season preparing for the SEC West champion. That's not what they do. They, they just prepare day in and day out for their stuff. And I, I think college coaches, particularly college coaches, they talk about this stuff all the time. They talk about, hey, we were only fighting today. We're only worried about today. But that's not the reality. The reality is that they do look down the road, even as college football coaches. I don't necessarily think that or hear that from Kirby Smart when he talks. With that thread of complacency, I mean, I asked Kirby this. I mean, how do you go about rooting that out with from a recruiting standpoint? I mean, obviously, you're bringing in the best players in the country. I, I, I'm just so I, I couldn't really get a clear answer from Kirby. I just I don't understand how you evaluate that in it, when you're trying to bring in a kid. It's like, how do you know whether this kid is is going to have that same mindset as, as some others? He talked about two basically checklist items for anybody, not just football players, anybody coming into his building. One, do you love football? You have to love football to be at the University of Georgia right now. And the two, he talked about the selfless component, right? Are you able to put yourself last? In other words, are you able to uh, go about selfless acts? And I think that's kind of what you're hitting on right there. The ability to, to, to avoid consistency is about watching the leader of that organization. If you watch the leader of that organization walk around with relentless juice, like he constantly has energy um, and, and even has the ability to fake it. Like I guarantee you that dude does not want to do 30 minutes in front of the media. In fact, he never does. If you look at his media availabilities at the University of Georgia, they're no longer than 20, 22 minutes. He does not want to be there. But I thought, I thought he had tremendous fake juice out here today. And sometimes, man, that's what life's about, faking it until you make it, man. Well, when you look at Coach Saban coming in today, I think Coach Saban was even killed in yeah. regards to how he's handling his five quarterback room controversy. And I say controversy because Coach Saban's never had five quarterbacks to have to choose from in regards to who's going to be his day one starter. But overall, what were your thoughts about the Alabama Crimson Tide and their players' thoughts about the upcoming season also? I thought it was interesting to listen to him talk about Tommy Reese. Um, and he's got two diametrically opposed coordinating hires this year, right? Hired a, a much older defensive coordinator, a guy that's been through all of the, the runnings of the SEC. And then you go get an offensive coordinator in Tommy Reese who has no background down here. He is a, a Notre Dame guy, former player in himself, and is a very young football coach, only 30 years old. So you kind of have like two different hiring styles there in the quarterback position. I think of all the years, like everyone's trying to knock Bama off or like trying to throw dirt on the Bama grave. This is the one year I go into college football season. I feel kind of comfortable saying, you know what? LSU should be better than them. They don't have a quarterback. They have quarterback questions. They have had turnover at the offensive coordinator position. They did lose offensive linemen, right? right? We can look at it and poke real, real serious holes and not just, like, hope for them, right? I feel like all the time in preseason when everyone's hoping for Alabama to have weaknesses, like, you can legitimately point at them this year and say, nope, that's a problem. That's a problem right here in July that we don't have an answer to. 
So are you taking LSU in the SEC West? Dude, I've been a Brian Kelly denier forever. Um, and I think it's important. I have, I have a rule about quarterbacks. you got to be able to see them throw. The ball comes off different. When it comes out of their hand, it's very different if you're in person. I think I have a new rule about coaches, too. I, I, don't, I think I'm going to reserve judgment for any type of coach that I haven't felt in person. Like, if I walk up on them and feel that they got that I'm a leader of men quality, damn Brian Kelly is a leader of men. And I think something about television, the way that dude coaches on the sideline, I think it's easy to, like, dislike him. I think his face turns red. I think his body emotions, his body language is kind of, sure. yeah, his body language is kind of bad. And then you hear him talk, like, outside of football, and you're like, I don't know, man. That guy's got something. And you would think, like, dude, he won 10 games a year at Notre Dame. Come on, how stupid could you be? Were you really doubting the guy? Yeah, I was. I was, to be honest with you. I didn't think, like, come on, man. You come to the SEC. Damn, that Joker won the SEC West with four freshman All-American, two freshman tackles, and won the SEC West. They were a walking zombie last year. And to win a, a division title last year, beyond, beyond impressive. Georgia, LSU, SEC championship first week in December. I, I could see it. I mean, I'm not big into preseason predictions in July. I at least want to see what quarterback room's like. I mean, dude, Jalen Milrow could be a freak, and we don't know. Like, he, he could come out in, in early August, early September, and, and be a dude. And may, maybe like a freshman or a rest of freshman like Dylan Lonergan, who I think is extremely talented. Um, you know, 6'3", 225 pounds, can throw 80 yards. I think that guy has a chance to be a good SEC quarterback. So it's not that they are not talented. It's just it's July, and we got questions. Brooks Austin, can't thank you enough for joining us here live at SEC Media Days 2023 in Nashville, Tennessee. Great job by Brooks Austin dropping the 411. And coming up next, we have Derek Mason. Yeah, that's the Derek Mason that was the defensive coordinator at Auburn and the head football coach at Vanderbilt. Took a pay cut to go to Oklahoma State to take the same job, I'll, I'll remind you. But is now stepping away and is part of the SEC network, breaking down college football in the SEC 2023 style. We'll catch up with Coach Derek Mason next here on The Final Drive. Hi, I'm former Major League Baseball player Bernie Carbo. I listen to WNSP 105.5. Love every minute of it. Welcome back to the final drive here on WNSP 105.5. Coming to you live from the Grand Hyatt in downtown Nashville, home of the 2023 SEC Media Days. And Derek Mason, former head football coach at Vanderbilt, along with being the defensive coordinator at Auburn, went on to Oklahoma State last year, stepped away from football to kind of recharge his battery, spend more time with his family as well. And this season, you'll see him on the SEC Network covering teams that he's very familiar with for sure. Derek Mason here at SEC Media Days. SEC Media Days 2023, Nashville, Tennessee, former head coach at Vanderbilt, as well as defensive coordinator at Auburn, also at Oklahoma State. Derek Mason joins us here on the final drive. Coach, thank you for joining me. I hope all is well. Everything's great. Thank you for having me. Coach, I tell you, you know, you've stepped away from football. I know it's always been faith, family, and football for yourself, but having an opportunity to take this year to step back and just kind of evaluate and watch football or analyze football without having to worry about the wins and losses of it, how does that make you feel? Well, 
it was time for me to uh, recharge my battery. Look at look at uh, uh, what's important to me, my family, um, my health, where we are with the game, um, and. Fortunately, now I have an opportunity with the SEC Network uh, to be able to uh, watch ball, commentate on ball, hopefully bring um, clarity and context to you know certain situations in ball games. But I'm looking forward to uh, what this season has to offer. But I'm not going to be on the sideline. So uh, for me, uh, it's been a welcome change. I've had the chance um, and to spend time with my family. I just I just got back from Paris. Um, it took my wife on a. Uh, a honeymoon and enjoyed that that time and space and now man we're back to the grind we're back to the the ball itself and feeling real good about what's happening in the SEC a lot of parody uh, Ken Georgia three Pete a lot of questions out there about college football in the SEC and this is the Mecca so no better place to be coach when you look at downtown Nashville the growth here within the city the growth at Vanderbilt I mean Nashville's hosting 2023 SEC Media Days. That, that's tremendous honor for the city and for Vanderbilt as well. It is. This city, I actually arrived in 2014. So to see the growth from 2014 to you know 2023 and where we sit, SEC Media Days, it, it had very little chance of coming here. Now, I know man, we've had basketball tournaments, we've had the draft, but it just shows how fast the city is growing, what's, what's in this city, um, how attractive it is to the SEC brand in terms of being able to host you know, something like this. Uh, it, 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 it just shows um, how this city has grown, where we're at, and, and, and really where this place can go because we're talking about a new stadium here, uh, like in Nashville as well, for the Titans. So uh, we've got a new soccer stadium. There's just a lot of growth here. So... Growth potential is huge, and this place is just really starting to like skyrocket in terms of opportunities for the city. The SEC, you coach on the sidelines there. I mean, it just means more. That that mantra carries a lot of weight with Commissioner Sankey and the coaches across all sports in this conference. You've had an opportunity to coach on the West Coast. You've seen Oklahoma State here recently. What makes the SEC differently, not just in football, but really across the board? But when you look at his sports and what uh, the sports brand itself paired with the academic brand has been able to do, uh, just look at the championships it, across all sports, gymnastics, um, baseball, basketball, women's basketball, uh, track and field. The, the SEC um, has put a lot of um, action out there for everybody to see in terms of its brand, what it means. Uh, uh, in terms of you know research opportunities on the on the academic side to athletic opportunities and and, and post college opportunities whether whether we're talking about Olympians or whether we're talking about you know like people going on to be professionals in their sport it's been amazing to see how it does just mean more in this conference and how they've been able to uh, year in and year out show you tangibly show you what that looks like. Uh, Again, we're talking about draft days. We're talking about the Olympics. Um, this brand, this footprint, as Kirby Smart said earlier today, um, is, is as good as there is out, out there, period. And so that's what we stand on right now. That's what the SEC stands on, and that's really what drew me back you know, to this area. Obviously, I, I, I grew up on the West Coast, but I've spent the majority of my coaching career in this footprint. And so for me, I felt comfortable 
coming back because I felt like when I was here, it meant more. And Commissioner Sankey and I stayed in contact and we had conversations about uh, you know, my opportunities. And so to me, I believe in what that mantra is. It just means more. The opportunity, your role in the SEC network covering college football, what, what will that contain and persist of? We're still working through it right now. Uh, like today, I'll have an opportunity to be on the SEC now set, maybe uh, on Feinbaum for a little bit, and just slowly but like surely acclimating myself. You know, when you look at these guys, Doring, you know, you look at Rodgers, you look at Takeo, and you look at Ben Watson, these guys are, these, these guys uh, have been doing this for a minute. For me, uh, I get a chance to get on with, you know, Dory, uh, Noka, I get a chance to like, spend some time uh, with Joe Tessitore and, and, and just like pick their brains. So like for me, I'm a coach. I, I see it through a coach's eyes and I think that probably is a different uh, aspect or, 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 or lens to, like, to look through. So maybe I can add some perspective there, but I'm going to be working with uh, professional, form, former professional athletes, former SEC athletes, and, and really some of the best in the business when you talk about uh, analyzing and breaking down not only games, but really scenarios in, in this conference. So I'm excited to be with the SEC Network, uh, and I believe, uh, for me, this space is nothing but growth opportunity and potential for me. Uh, probably a lot less stressful too, Coach, as well, but when you look at the greatest joy you have as a head coach it's seeing your players succeed off the field walking across that stage with that degree or becoming husbands and fathers I know you're a father yourself is that what it's really all about and that's the joy that you have in, in being a, a coach yourself yes no, I, I don't want people to get this misunderstood um, you 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 coach to win and Winning, winning looks different in different places, in different scenarios. Uh, you know, but what you're really trying to do in the space of football, okay, is put wins together, right? Okay, man, because that that grows fan base, that helps recruiting, that that allows you, man, to continue to to sort of build on top of what 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 your culture can be and what you need it to be uh, in order to be successful. When you talk about the student athlete experience, um, like. The winning is part of that, but teaching them, you know, like how to win. Every day is a job interview. So when you're looking at, like, how to win, um, it looks different in the classroom, okay? And you're trying to uh, provide those lessons both on the field and off the field. Um, it, it, it's, it's sort of like those things aren't mutually exclusive from one another. They're one and the same. You're just cheat, helping to mature skill sets enough to where young people uh, can buy into the process because, um they have different processes for doing different things, but when it becomes a holistic process, their chance for success goes up. So to me, it's about the journey and the experience. If they have a great journey and a great experience, okay, they love their alma mater. And that's what's important. That's what a head coach is supposed to do. Make sure that the journey and the experience was exactly what parents and the student athlete wanted when they stepped on the campus. Derek Mason, former head coach at Vanderbilt, assistant coach at Auburn, Stanford. Just a great guy here at SEC Media Days. Appreciate your time this afternoon and look forward to seeing your new journey on the SEC Network. Thank you so much. Derek Mason joining us here on the final drive. Look forward to watching his coverage and his analysis as a former head coach in the SEC, breaking these players and teams down.
We'll finish up here on the final drive here live from Radio Row, the Grand Hyatt, downtown Nashville, day number three of the SEC Media Days. Hey, this is Amari Cooper. You're listening to Sports Radio WNFP. WNSP 105.5, Corey LeBounty, along with my producer, Michael Brauner, putting the finishing touches on day number three of SEC Media Days, coming to you live from the Grand Hyatt in downtown Nashville on Radio Row. We want to thank Pat's Industrial Auto Supplies. 2023 SEC Media Days presented by Greer's Markets and brought to you in part by Air of Excellence, Chavez Furniture, New Century Tires, the attorneys at Hedge Copeland Law Firm, McConnell Buick GMC. And, of course, now when we look as wrapping up today, talking to Nick Saban, not really any surprises. He, he just talked about it's like a cake, carrot cake being his favorite, not really rushing anything at, at quarterback. We knew that. He mentioned three quarterbacks, so that's really the only breaking news there. And Carrot cake. Yeah. That, uh, that's his favorite now. That's, that's a that's, crimson colored flag for it, Coach. It, I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know about that. Favorite cake yeah, being carrot cake? What's your favorite cake? Uh, look, I, I'm going to go with the old-fashioned chocolate cake. Just can't a go, chocolate yeah, cake? Yeah, can't go wrong with the yeah. chocolate cake. Yeah. Does cheesecake qualify in that it, category? It, it could. It could. It takes ingredients to bake it. So I'm definitely I'm going to go with cheesecake. Sam Pittman, it felt great about the hire of Travis Williams, his new defensive coordinator, joining the Razorbacks family. And, of course, Billy Napier had an opportunity to chime in on Shamar James and what he means to the Florida Gators program moving forward. And Mark Stoops, of course, brings in a transfer quarterback out of the portal, and we'll see what productivity he gets from Devin Leary coming from North Carolina State. Now, when you look at tomorrow as we wrap up SEC Media Days, you're looking at Lane Kiffin coming to the stadium along with South Carolina and the Tennessee Volunteers. Plenty to talk about with Tennessee and Josh Heupel for sure. No doubt about it. I mean, it's funny. Kentucky was today. I mean, we had the discussion yesterday. Could Kentucky be, yes, obviously the SEC East, maybe college football as a whole is Georgia and everyone else. But after that in the SEC East, you know, a lot of people assume it's going to be Tennessee. Could it be Kentucky? You know, Devin Leary is kind of the X factor there, obviously transferring from NC State. I think he's going to be really good. Could he be more productive than Will Levis was? That remains to be seen. But, yeah, I mean, I like Kentucky's chances. We'll see what Josh Heupel has to say tomorrow. I mean, we get the, you know, so I think the SEC did this strategically. They don't want everyone to leave going into Thursday, so they they, they kept Lane Kiffin off the podium until <laughs> Thursday for us, and now we get the the, uh, the pleasure of having Coach Kiffin take the podium tomorrow morning. Cedric Johnson, Davidson High School oh, yeah. grad, will be taking the podium tomorrow for the Ole Miss Rebels, so we definitely look forward to catching up with Cedric Johnson, along with Quinshawn Judkins, the phenomenal running back who had a great freshman year, and Spencer Rattler, South Carolina Gamecocks quarterback, along with Joe Milton III, Tennessee's fine quarterback. We've seen him throw the football 80 yards in the Manning Passing Academy. We'll try to catch up with him and ask him about that feat as well. But 
Great guests today on the final drive. Nick Saban, Dallas Turner, J.C. Latham, Kool-Aid McKinstry, Bill Hancock, the executive director of the college football playoffs, T-Bob Bear from ESPN 104.5 in Baton Rouge. Of course, we had the Rocket, Raheem Sanders, the running back from Arkansas, joining us along with Brooks Austin. And he did a wonderful job covering the Georgia Bulldogs. We also were able to catch up with Ryan McGee yeah. from ESPN, ESPN senior writer Marty McGee. Excuse me, Marty Smith and Ryan McGee from Marty and McGee fame. Great talk there. And he said save him a stadium, a chair from Hank Aaron Stadium. But don't forget to tune in tomorrow. Check in tomorrow for the last day here on Radio Row. Don't want to miss out on that. The final drive here with Corey Labounty and Michael Bronner will return to you at 3 o'clock p.m. tomorrow. Thanks for checking in.